<laughs> you don't remember that from uh, Cowboy Way, where where he uh, with uh, oh, yeah. Kiefer and uh, Woody Harrelson, where he where he said, uh, "You didn't get your check yet, Eddie? I sent it UPS." <laughs> oh, hello, hey there, and welcome to a new episode. Oh, this is the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We okay. were recording, man. <laughs> I was sharing my Cowboy Way story. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have said something if I know. Uh, <laughs> no, man, it's I'm, I'm not the professional one here. All right. so. Yes, so we are fascinated with films, and we are back. So fascinating. <laughs> he, he sits at home, writes them down. That's a good one. <laughs> are you so, licensing them? Yeah, they, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. It's a ringtone. <laughs> so fascinating. But look, Paul's calling me. Yeah. <laughs> so Dave is back. Dave is back. I he served my one-game suspension. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get a certain Christian Slater movie right, and then we have suspended him for one game. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was pump up the volume. How could you? How could you, man? How could you? <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, hope everyone enjoyed our superhero pod. And uh, this one is a very special one. Why don't we talk about anything that's been going on with anybody that's worth mentioning? That's worth mentioning? <laughs> nah. Well, nah. My life's pretty redundant. <laughs> I wake up, I study. Yeah, you were studying for exams. You haven't taken them yet? I, I took some stuff, but we're writing a giant research paper. And to give you an idea how big the paper's going to be, we're writing notes right now mm-hmm. just on how we're going to write it. Mm-hmm. And we're on page 23 in the notes. Oh, Ouch. wow. That's insane, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we're not even going to start writing it until next week. Yeah. Oh, my God. See, so writing long gonna... stuff doesn't scare me, but, man, when you got to have to be that... organized. So yeah, we have I that take many notes. A, I take a page out of your book mm-hmm. when it comes to schoolwork. I always name my folders where I can find everything oh, yeah, I need to find. Mm-hmm. I do I that label with my... everything exactly what it is and sometimes even more information. And when I'm writing a paper... I'll organize my thoughts and I outline first and revisit everything. I'm pretty disciplined. I'm so, I'm so disorganized. <laughs> like, oh, this I need this receipt. I'll just put it right here. Uh, I'll find it later. I'll know what it's yeah. for. I'm, like, I, 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 my wife is that person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm super organized. I never miss. I never I'm miss not, now I'm not saying I'm clean. I'm just, I know where everything, <laughs> I know where everything is. <laughs> and I know, I, I know how to get to it. And I always have a formula for doing something for every process that I have. Yeah. And I guess I was dad a little, and mom, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like they were both organized. That's why most of us are organized. Yeah. My dad was not. <laughs> yeah. That stuff is passed down. I like, just, to give you a yeah. clue for Valentine's Day, my girl came and cleaned my apartment. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I remember about our dad was that he would go and clean oil burners. Oh, yeah. And he'd wear those white high top sneakers. Yeah. And he would never get dirty. You would be huh. helping him, and you'd be covered in soot. Yeah, <laughs> his like singular focus while he was yeah, down yeah. here to make sure he had a little. He always carried a rag. He'd unfold and kneel on. Yep, he had a routine. Yeah, which I can appreciate. Yeah, it's good to have a routine. I remember like one time he turned around in a dank basement and rubbed his. He used to wear those three quarter baseball tees, mm-hmm. and he rubbed one side against the burner, and it got soot all over him. And he's like. He was so disappointed. <laughs> I've let myself down. I've let the family down. Yeah. It's now been zero days yeah. since yeah. our last yeah. accident. <laughs> so we saw, me and Dave saw another great movie. We That's talked great. a little bit about uh, the fact that we saw Dunkirk on the beginning of last uh, pod. Mm-hmm. The uh, 
uh, superhero it's pod. companion piece. Yeah, we saw its companion piece. Literally, there was a point in the middle of this movie where, like, we could pause it right now, play Dunkirk, and come back to it, and it would, uh, it would totally follow up with it. Really? It was the Darkest Hour, the Winston Churchill one with uh, oh, Gary Oldman yeah. plays Winston Churchill. I know you guys have talked about it. Yeah. How was it? It's fantastic. Super yeah. good. Fantastic. I'm first off. He, you he, do a history you had, movie. You had Dave before I even pushed play. Yeah. I, I mean, just from the History trailer. stuff is like, oh, I love that stuff. Yeah. And someone that does it good. And you just have Historical to Historical accurate pods. See, yeah. That's what we need. That's yeah. what would be a good one. Yeah. There's a lot. Most war movies that are out there, with the exception of some... We could do an entire Ken Burns pod on the Civil War alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'd, we'd have to stick to films, but there's enough Civil War films out there just between Gods and Generals and... Uh, and Gettysburg. I liked all those. Yep. And they were and you know what? I know I like them because sometimes the acting isn't that great. Right. But. Well, let's talk acting too with the uh, Gary Oldman man. Like oh, you forget was... that's Gary Oldman have uh, like 10 seconds into it because the makeup is so We thick. forgot he was British. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I, yeah. And I... I was telling Dave at some point, you know the makeup is good when they can have it like the camera is like dead on his face. You right. can see the pores and everything, yeah. and, and he sells it. Still not him. Yeah. yeah. There's no way I don't. I can't predict what they'll win on Sunday night because the Oscars are Sunday night. If oh, you, yeah, this okay. is uh, someone's listening to this out of order. The Oscars Sunday. Um, and uh, and the winners are and the winners <laughs> are. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, there's no way I can predict what it's going to win, but I can guarantee fucking it's going to win makeup. Uh-huh. There's no way anything else is going to win besides makeup. That mm. if you if they're betting on it in Vegas, put your money down. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go well, put your money down? <laughs> but I know also I know you're a huge Gary Oldman fan because when we yeah. did our yeah. that was your guy that was your guy you know so and that would be added I'm sure to your list of stuff that he did. Too. It would be. Because he was um, fantastic. But it dealt directly with the Dunkirk uh, kind of attack. Oh, really? So it was really good. At one point, like, we got that to was see a really, him order. That was like oh, wow. the beginning of the war as Englanders knew it mm-hmm. started right with that evacuation. Because what happened is the, the British troops, was it 40, went over to Dunkirk was in 40. Yeah. Um, Yep, they went over to support 40. the Belgian troops and the French troops, mm-hmm. and the, that Maginot Line collapsed, mm-hmm. which was the line between France and Belgium. Is right, France and Belgium, which is where the Germans got stopped initially, uh-huh. and they broke through, and that was Dunkirk. Yeah. That was pushing all those and troops. It was crazy because we couldn't help. Them. We were dealing with the Japanese because Japanese balled. Uh, if you're a historian uh, out there, don't you call me like yeah, me yeah. letters. <laughs> <laughs> it was thirty. And, and Dave's phone number is 352. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was fascinating. It was interesting. I love all that, which is surprising uh, that you didn't have any war movies on this particular uh, episode here. I do. So, oh, do you? Oh, oh okay, no. good. Oh, yeah, you do. You do have one on there. I forgot. All right, so the, the, the <laughs> I know topic, what I'm doing. <laughs> the topic today, and this is a very exciting, this is one of the most exciting pods personally for me and I know for Justin and uh, I'm sure for Dave too. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's hard to be. It's great. hard to. It's hard to draw down my excitement for any pod. <laughs> so this is going to be guilty pleasures. So in this, we we found out through the week picking this that there's probably several definitions to guilty pleasures for different people. But right. I'm trying to stick to the uh, to the movies that uh, not the mass. Uh, uh, groups of fans or critic were uh, very warm, gave a real warm reception to. Basically, semi bad movies that we love for whatever reason, you know, right. that other people may not. But when I think of guilty pleasures, it's like 
what would I not? What would I embarrass to be tell somebody else? But what should I be embarrassed personally? <laughs> <laughs> like, why should I like this movie? Well, but yeah. you know what? I guess it's a movie that just doesn't stand out, but it speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you get it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just that other people don't get it. Because some of these movies, I think, are great movies. And if they had been blockbusters, mm-hmm. I wouldn't think any differently of them. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's also dealing with time period that you saw yeah. in your life and, it, and what it, was going on. Yeah. And I tell you, I love Every single one of these except one is from my childhood. Yeah. Hmm. And when I look, I look through my uh, collection, I have a... I think 60 or 70% of my movies are guilty pleasures that other people don't like because my taste is kind of runs the, the gambit between really great classic movies like Sunset Boulevard and uh, and the good Hitchcock movies and Streetcar Named Desire all the way down to uh, Son-in-Law Ooh, and Encino oh, Man. And, oh, yeah, that's oh, definitely yeah. in the works, man. Rear Window is one of I, my I, favorite I, movies I, of all time. Yeah. I own all the Hitchcock movies, so. Rear Window. Uh, yeah, Window yeah. is a great one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so this is a guilty pleasure pod. So for whatever reason, these I'm just uh, not feeling that guilty. I know. So <laughs> well, some of these, some of these, I know a lot of them on my list, in particular that either people are not aware of or people are like, "Oh, that's stupid." So yeah. it, it may be a steaming pile of turd to others, but uh, we, we relish. <laughs> but it's fucking gold to me. Yeah. <laughs> what we're hoping is that the eight or ten people that are listening, it's gold to them. Yeah, too. no shit. So have you have you always had uh, because. Since I was younger, I've always liked movies that only a small margin of people like. Yeah, I mean, you know, and just ones that we've talked about before. First one is The Last Dragon. I love yeah, yeah, it. Last know, Dragon could have easily it. been on here. And, and it would have if we hadn't talked hell, about it multiple hell, times. Hell, my favorite movie know? of all time is Big Trouble in Little China. If right. that's not a guilty well, pleasure, there really nothing is. You know what You know what happened, too, is be, our parents were like right on the money as soon as cable got big. Yeah. Boom! They had cable. But it was we had TV. It was the on-demand. I remember one time we though. had like six televisions in the house. Like, but the on-demand was really when movies started pumping into the house. But before that, when they started, pl- when we had HBO and Cinemax yeah. and Showtime, yeah. you were forced to watch and the, movie the movies. They were forced to watch oh, yeah. the movies they showed. Right. You didn't have a real big choice. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes you watched a movie that wasn't necessarily a great movie, yeah. and it turned into be something a guilty pleasure because yeah, right, you've seen. Exactly. You're like, oh, I remember that movie. We watched that. 50 times on like uh, tough HBO, tough guys yeah. was one that we mentioned on one of the earlier pods right. too and that's that's totally one of those guilty pleasures no one's heard of it the yeah. people that the only people who like it are people who watched it at the time because right. if you go back and watch Midnight that, Run was on all the time all the time, yeah, all the time. but that yeah. was a little different that that actually had no, that was, was a quali- good that was a quality quality but flick Cuffs uh, Cuffs is another one that could easily you know even if you go <laughs> back to the later speaking to the camera Matthew Broderick style oh yeah oh, man that's with right. Tony Goldwyn really funny right? no, no that was that was uh, Gleam in the Cube that's Gleam yeah, <laughs> Which is right. also that a guilty, guilty pleasure. Yeah, right? <laughs> I almost put Karate, I almost put Karate Kid two on this. I just too, love it when he was. One. I love it when he was talking to the dog. Were they talking? About? They were gagged. Yeah, and they were talking yeah. and like he would mumble. Yeah. He's like bark, bark, and the dog farts. He's not fart, bark. <laughs> <laughs> Mila Jovovich. That was one of her first movies. Yeah. Was in Cuffs too. She just played the girlfriend that was like dancing around the house. Huh. Uh, that was a fun movie, man. But even movies in the seventies, like uh, Time Bandits. Total, Stinking Kevin. Total fucking guilty pleasure because that was a movie that we was either oh, I remember really fun Wasn't movie. Wasn't that man. with the kids? <laughs> well, no, with the little people. With, and the one kid, but the little people. And they traveled through town and uh, time and they would rob. They showed them rob Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. Then, oh, no. Then they, then they, they went to Robin Hood and, and <laughs> remember the guy kept punching everybody in line? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, 
Is that completely necessary? Yes, he I says, afraid it it's is. afraid it is. <laughs> well, they were on the Titanic, remember? And yep. then they, when the Titanic went down, they ended oh, yeah. up in the water. And then the, Sean Connery was on. Uh, that, Sean Connery was in one of them. Really? It was such a yeah. fun fucking movie, man. Huh. It, and it was like, yeah, it had like it could have easily been on every twin, every fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. You got a, a new like, like little. It was a movie, a bunch of little scenes into a movie, yeah, right? Like, like a different short, a completely yeah, yeah. different. They like travel through time and land somewhere in a different era. So yeah. it was like this: a little vignette, and then you watched it, and then yeah. they went to the one with was it Chevrolet Duval that got tied to the tree? Yeah, that was the that was the Robin Hood one. But then you had the uh, the the one the Mona from uh, Who's the Boss was in the one with, the, right. with the tall giant. Uh, yeah, yeah. And she was normal, and she was uh, he was an ogre. And he and had the shit on his. They head. end up catching all the little people in the net, and they pulled them on board. And one of the uh, little people was they were all famous uh, little people from that uh, time period too, because you had Kenny Baker who played R two D two. You had the guy from Willow who played the really old guy in Willow that sent him off to uh, to uh, on his. Uh, quest hmm. uh everyone was also in that uh under the rainbow you remember under the rainbow that was a really rare chevy chase carrie fisher uh musical yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. wow yeah really fun movie man uh so yeah anyways those are those guilty <laughs> pleasures so <laughs> it's very possible that anyone listening to this has not seen a lot of the movies we're talking about so this is probably one of those great pops. i bet a lot of people have seen mine i, I I guess I just don't you, watch really obscure movies. There's some of those on your list that I can see here that are pretty obscure, though. So, there's a couple that aren't, but there's a couple that are. Uh, you've, you've, I think you would think that uh, a lot of people have seen, uh, like, this one here. Yeah. <laughs> that probably haven't. But anyways, so... Don't be emailing us saying this movie sucked because we're, we're coming right out ahead of time <laughs> saying that these some of these movies, movies we know some you of these think movies they suck. Yeah, yeah, we love them. There's something about them that uh, that really speaks to us in a certain way, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll try to convince you now. Yeah. <laughs> I got laid during that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that I get. I suddenly want to add Howard the Duck to me. <laughs> no reason, no reason. Uh, <laughs> Howard the Duck. Awesome. That was totally guilty pleasure, though. All right, so let's let, let's start right off here, man. Why don't you tell us? Just... I'm going to know none of his movies. No, this oh, some of them right. you know. Uh, this some you know of them. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, number five here's a perfect example a movie that of I of a love. total piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. What you're going to say? But go ahead. So uh, number five, we've got uh, Joe Pesci and uh, I can't think of the other guy's name. Why can't I? Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Lethal Weapon. Shit, yeah. 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 That's not a guilty pleasure movie. It is Gone Fishing. Uh, I stand corrected. This was a total piece of shit. But go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Convince us otherwise. We saw this together, I think. No, I I walked out of the theater, unless you walked out with me. (laughs) We might have. Maybe. It was bad. It was really bad. And I love this it. this also might be the time period, you know, when you see certain but comedies. But tell them explain to them why it has a special place. Well, okay, so it's about Cuz they don't make many movies in your in your passion in life. That's true, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they're there though. But yeah, so it's a fishing movie and I love to fish <laughs> and Basically, this movie starts off with these two kids. They're in, you know, I think New York or something like that or and they're fishing near like they're fishing on a river near a sewage plant, you know, and they're sitting there fishing together. And uh, that sounds like a bad place to be fishing, right? And so, <laughs> Joe Pesci's child character has stolen a cigar from his dad, and Danny Glover's child character is like, you know, don't spark that cigar, don't spark that cigar, and he does, and he throws it, and there's like a huge explosion, causes a blackout all over the thing. So that's the introduction. So you know, these two are best friends, and they fish together, and so. 
you know that's and they take down infrastructure and, yeah and, 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 and they cause a little trouble without meaning to you know um so fast forward to where they're you know probably in their 50s yeah you know yeah. um and they've won a trip to go fishing in the everglades with of all people willie nelson and I would uh, go on that trip. Well, his name is just Cash. He's not Willie Nelson. He's, oh. You know, he's just this great fisherman. You know, he calls up whatever he wants. <laughs> if I show up and it's Willie Nelson, <laughs> Willie's well, high again. He's calling himself a different name. <laughs> so you know, basically, it's it, all these hijinks happen. They come down. They get to Florida, um, and like their car gets stolen by this criminal. And they still have their boat, though. The boat flies off on the trailer, and uh, they're they're literally just walking down the highway, pulling their boat with themselves. But they've got their boat and their beer, so, you know, they're fine. Um, and along comes uh, one of the Arquettes. Is it Rosanna? Don't look at me. Uh, I, I, I do remember The one that was movie. in Pulp Fiction. Rosanna. Yeah. Okay, so Rosanna Arquette and another actress that I can't remember her name either. That Rosanna was in it. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, I mean, see, it's got but, a cast to it. Well, on paper. That only makes it even, that only makes it worse. Well, let me put it in. The, uh, on paper, this should certainly have worked. These yeah. guys are I mean, fucking funny, man. Yeah. And I remember going to see it and being like, this is going to be hysterical. And just right. to me personally, none of the jokes hit, man. They were just it, off. It wasn't their fault. And I was, it was uh, the writer's fault. And if we were, if you were there with me, I, I do remember turning to somebody and being like, this is just not funny, man. It's just right. not funny. Yeah. And I think I waited an hour. I waited an hour. And, and I, I don't, don't walk out of many movies. I, I remember of, seeing at least up to the point where... They were explaining how many payments they'd have to make on the yeah yeah on the yeah. new boat. It's yeah. just eight hundred payments yeah. of eighty nine ninety nine ninety five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Well, you know, I'll tell you I, the, one of the reasons I think this movie has significance to me is because you know, as a kid, I went fishing with my dad all the time, and every single time we went fishing. Something happened. You know what I mean? Something yeah, yeah. happened. The boat broke down. The truck broke down. I'm not going the truck fishing and with the your boat dad. Broke no, man. No, <laughs> or you. Oh, wait. It might be you. I'll, I'll give you the prime example. One time I was like 14 years old. We were on our way down to the Keys to go fishing. And the boat and the trailer started to jackknife down I-75. And yeah. Oh, the, wow. The boat came off, tumbled wow. across three lanes wow. of traffic. You know what I mean? Nobody got hurt. Nothing like that. Yeah. You know? But like. The boat didn't make it. Right, so you know, basically, this movie to me is like National Lampoon's Vacation Gone Fishing, which mm-hmm. is basically my experiences of my dad and <laughs> yeah. his vacations. You know, so that's why it has significance <laughs> yeah, to me. I didn't think I'd know? want to watch anything. That I would have been all about it if it was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and I mean, it wasn't. You know, it had an attempt of comedy, but you know, uh, admittedly, the great it's thing not you don't bad. have to explain yourself to him. No, that's <laughs> you know, I like this movie. No, that's what's gr- yeah. that's what this pod's all about, man. This right. is like. Intervention yeah. or like <laughs> cathartic expression of feelings. And do you know, I've I've always said this to people too. I could recommend if I know you like action movies or if I know you like horror movies, I could recommend those to you. But you can't really recommend a comedy to somebody unless you know their type of humor. Right. You know, because yeah. yeah. if you recommend Mr. Bean or Naked Gun <laughs> or Hot Shots to people that aren't into that type of comedy, right? They're gonna be like, "What the fuck is this yeah. shit?" Yeah. Uh, so I've unless I know what movies you like, then it's really really friggin' hard uh, to kind of recommend a comedy to me and it's also in the same uh, breath that uh 
I don't go see a lot. Of, I love comedies. I watch a lot of comedies, but I don't go see them a lot in the theater because I, don't I get disappointed either. a lot yeah, with comedies. Yeah, yeah, and I had I to do it. And there were a time period where everyone I was seeing was funny. In the there movie. are bad movies that I didn't think were going to be funny as they were. Like oh, yeah. That Coen Brothers movie we saw in the theater. Well, that I always – Coen Brothers I always know is going to be good no matter what. They don't right. do a bad movie, but which one are you talking I'm about? I'm trying about – Burn After Reading? Or? Yeah, Burn yeah, After yeah, Reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I saw it in the theater. I saw it in the uh, – I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I, I saw. I think I saw it on DVD or on demand or something. But uh, that was a good one. It's gone fishing, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not many movies I walked out of the theater. I hate having to do it. Yeah. And one of the other ones that I walked out of the theater was uh, Last Action Hero, and I, eventually I ended up liking it. Love that. Movie. But the problem was is the way they sold that movie. It was like a die-hard action movie. Right. And yeah. it was a lot of stupid, stupid comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. when the kid flew off his bike in front of the moon like ET, we we're like, rope. We did yeah. that. We did like. Black, <laughs> I do remember. We did like that blackjack move with our yeah, hands, yeah, and we were like, we're, we're done. done. <laughs> he. Uh, he Indiana Jones uh, and the Crystal Skull. Yeah, 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 he turns to me after the after the the refrigerator flew through the air. Yeah, yeah. he's like, "We can go whenever you're ready." <laughs> <laughs> and that was probably eight minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. stayed and it was it we was stayed painful. and it didn't it didn't. <sighs> man, it I didn't, love uh, the way and it South wasn't Park Harrison Ford's fault. Movie. I mean, you love what the way South Park trash. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh yeah, God. they're raping him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're raping but then they him. did that scene from that Jodie Foster movie when they threw her on the ping pong ping. Oh yeah, yeah, ball yeah. machine. Yeah, accused. Accused. Yeah, yeah. that's where that was from. That's funny as hell. <laughs> All right, Dave, what do you got for your number five? I have, and this guy was big in our childhood. Dabney Coleman. Mm-hmm. Love Dabney Coleman. Yeah. He was real big. Nine to five. Nine to five. Now, what was the one where him and Chevy Chase and Chevy Chase got uh, possessed? Oh, Modern Problems. Modern yeah, that, that could easily have been on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I, have you seen Modern yeah, Problems? I love Modern that, Problems. That's a, that's a, that's a <laughs> Chevy impressive story that you know the... because not many people know Modern Problems. I love that one. Nell yeah, Carter, she man. Puts the stuff around the bed. Nell Carter. Yeah. I just remember when Dabney I Coleman was like trying it. to kill himself <laughs> in the. He's trying to kill himself in the ocean. He's Man. trying to drown himself. The only thing that she could say to get him back is like, "You own a Porsche for Christ's yeah. sake!" <laughs> oh man, that took a dark. Uh, it that did. took a dark turn in that movie too, yeah. where He's Chevy Chase was almost like demon-like, like, where yeah. he made him float around the ceiling mm-hmm. and then stick his isn't head. It, in the isn't that the line? He's like, "I like it." Yeah, that's yeah. what he wanted. <laughs> but remember, he did his Donald Duck thing. No Rita. No Rita. <laughs> According to these chicken guts, can be one rough weekend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that Dabby Coleman's not my movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> But, but that for sure. Check out Modern Problems. That's a yeah, that's, that's a, a rare one. rare pull right there. If yeah. I had thought about that ahead of time, I might have put that on here actually. But what? So you got Hot to Trot with Bob, Bobcat Goldquay, right? Is that the Dabney Coleman movie you got? Nope. Oh, damn man, that was Cloak a good and, one too. Cloak and Dagger. Oh, yeah, that was great. It, yeah. This is another one of those movies that played in our childhood. This is a very background big childhood movie, yeah. man. Yeah, for and sure. it was yeah. all kids should watch this movie. It's yeah, one of those it's, fun. It was kids. a great kids movie yeah. because you, they. They stayed with the kids a lot. Yeah, like it, you were with the kids. It was very home. PG, but it had it had moments of terror and kind of uh, and Atari fifty two hundred. Atari fifty two hundred was huge. <laughs> in that time. Was, I remember. So, the, give us a little bit of about. So the, the the young kid was the same kid Elliot from ET. Uh, e. uh-huh. He's almost has couldn't been more than two or three years. After yeah, that. it was like Flight of the Navigator time, which yeah. was uh-huh. around the same at the time. So he, I forget, he's somewhere, and they somebody slips. And a cartridge into yeah. his backpack. 5200. Yeah. Which really puts a timestamp on this because 5200 was only around for like two years. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, they had, it was like secret plans to, uh, 
to a new military yeah, jet plane or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, he doesn't know he has it, and then he finds out he has it, and well, he has to go to William Forsythe. Yeah, William <laughs> Forsythe. like a dork. Really like it's not, William what's Forsythe. The, is it, what's the one where he's Alpha killing Justice. people? Alpha Justice. You want to see two diametrically opposed uh, scenes, watch that scene with him do, on the computer and then we'll go and watch that yeah, scene. Watch <laughs> I thought that when we were watching like Darkest Hour I was like you know we should put that true romance we- oh, scene where he's talking day? about White Boy Day and then put it next to Winston <laughs> Churchill and you're like who is this guy oh, <laughs> but yeah so so you talk about the Dabney Coleman the, stuff so his dad is a pilot but he's he just doesn't have time for his son. Yeah, it's that whole adage. So that's why it's a good kids movie. Like he he loves his dad, so he has this imaginary character mm-hmm. that is his dad, but he's like uh, like almost Jack like Flack. a Jack Flack. He's yeah. almost like a James Bond. Yeah, spy. But, he's, but he's more like military style. Yeah, and they right. do adventures together. And they, yeah, he do, does adventures with him. And, and remember, they like, hang out with his uh, little blonde friend from next yep. door, who they have that walkie talkie. Yeah, they yeah. keep talking back and forth. Yeah. And she was the little girl Come from on, the Twilight. <laughs> she was the little girl from Twilight Zone, the movie that turned around at John Lithgow and said, "Oh yeah," and, and started giving him shit on the airplane. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She was yeah, cute yeah, back yeah, in the day. Right. Yeah. I don't know whatever happened to her. But uh, so it's their adventures, and then they have to get. They find out what they have. Yeah. And it was kind of cool. Was, you say it was was that the Alamo? Yeah, the Alamo. So it was what San Antonio is that what the yeah. Alamo is? So it was all downtown San Antonio. It had that waterway that you see on movies a lot. Like when they're out. remember the scene where he's he had the gun. I remember there was a lot sh- of good like like French Connection like scenes they, where where he saw something following him and they jumped on the boat and then they jumped off the boat. It wasn't a complete kids movie because it was no it was some good spy stuff there was a bunch of good spy stuff yeah and that there's a twist the big twist at the alamo with the the old old ladies you could say man the old man and lady like he runs to them and they're like oh i'll protect you because people are following him because it was a twist but it was only from like 10 minutes yeah so these old couple they're old yeah they're like do you need help we'll help you so he helps her and and then, they believed him. He's like, you're not going to believe me, but there's like spies after me, and the, yeah. I've got secret I'm plans. I'm supposed to meet the. I'm supposed to meet these people, and the woman has three fingers. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, the old lady. Oh, you knew that she. He said the bad people had three. Fingers. Bad finger people had th- uh, three the, fingers. And then uh, and, yeah. Uh, then she pulls off her glove. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, and they, they, they chloroform. They chloroform. Ass. They were yeah, super exactly. sweet till then. They were like, yeah. oh, this is like my grandma and grandpa. And yeah. then after she showed those mean. fingers, it was they were great. mean as shit. Yeah. I loved it. It was yeah. a great character yeah. to yeah. change the twist. Yeah. And then it went all the way down to like this exciting ending where. Uh, well, he he had sworn away his his imaginary yeah, friend. Remember, he said, "I'm done with toys." Yeah. He like. Stepped on the figure. He had this little figurine. Yeah. Remember, he was down in those waterways That's kind right. of uh, thing when he got shot. But yep. then at the very end, where the uh, old man kind of uh, hijacked the airplane, yep. and he was on the uh, tarmac, and he was demanding a pilot to come and uh, and to help him. And uh, Dabney Coleman, his dad, his real dad, right, yeah. real Shows dad up. came in and everything. Gets to be the hero. Yeah, does. What every superhero, not superhero, but what every hero in a movie wants to do is like walk down the, the like a giant explosion, yeah. and then out of those fire, yeah. Yeah. out of the fire, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. where you come with T one thousand, yeah, like with a, not even a scratch, yeah. just the plane just blew up, and yeah. you were in the cockpit. And the right. way they did that was really clever. If you watch that again, you can see the beret on Dabney Coleman's head, like he is Jack Flack. To a certain point, oh, and, then and then it they comes cut, clear, and, and they kind of—I think—I don't know if they animated it or something because it, then it, when he comes clear, you could see that it wasn't Jack. You thought it was—it Jack wasn't Flack. Dabney Coleman being Jack Flack. It was Dabney Coleman being his it dad. It was very clever movie. So it was, the it was very was good. good. Yeah. Really good, and yeah. it's—and it's something you can show kids. Oh yeah, that. I mean, I wouldn't go maybe below eight years old. Yeah, but from but like eight, good, to 12, eight to twelve, that's a great movie. That's a great movie for kids. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes they have to put 
put up with a bunch of crap. It's yeah. Fun. And this is 84, so there's probably some stuff in there you probably wouldn't even yeah. have put in a movie yeah, yeah. Uh, today, but we could deal with a lot more shit. <laughs> he slapped women in movies a lot more back then. Well, they did. Slapped everybody. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more physical violence. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one there, though. Yeah. All right, so my number five, and this was... It's crazy that I got this movie on here. Uh, I love... I'll just tell you the movie first. There's not a proper buildup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's not a proper buildup. So my number five is 1988's Fright Night Part Two. Now, Fright Night Part One was like a work of genius. It was like amazing. So you like was, this one for different reasons? I, for different reasons, man. Right. I love this one. But this is another one that most people. The bar was set super high with the original Fright Night because you had you seen the original Fright Night. I'm trying to remember. It's the one with Chris Sarandon, who it's was a vampire uh, movie. Vampire right? movie yeah. would live next door. The guy from Herman's Head. Uh, who was uh, they remade William Ragsdale? They made, remade it into yeah, a horrible, it was horrible movie. Horrible, yeah, horrible, with uh, horrible. what's his name uh, from the recruit? What's don't it? even mention it. Don't yeah. even worry about I don't it. E- well, he, I like that actor, but I don't. Colin Farrell, oh, uh, but yeah, he was not good right. in that role as Jerry Dandridge. So yeah. the first one was awesome. Classic. Tom Holland was the director. Chris Sarandon was the actor, and they were actually going to make the second one together. But they were off making Child's, <coughs> the first Child's Play movie together. Oh, wow. Chris Sarandon played Chucky. the cop, yeah. and it uh, <laughs> nobody picked Chucky. So the same person that did Fright Night did that. <clears throat> so who took over Fright Night Two? Is a, is another guy that uh, named Tommy Lee Wallace who could who is the famous for doing another movie that I could have easily put on this in place of Fright Night Two, but I choose Fright Night Two. And that's <laughs> the director of Halloween three, Season of the Witch, which is another guilty pleasure that most people can't stand, but I love. If they had just called uh, that movie something else. Yeah. If they had just renamed that Season movie. of the Witch. They should have just called just, it Season yeah, of the Witch. Yeah, yeah, Don't I even use the name Halloween yeah. movie. Oh, see I love it. Oh, I thought it was so I fantastic. Like, I thought it was creepy as yeah. shit. I mean you can't look at it as a Michael Myers movie. What's the no. song? What's the uh, song to it? One more day to Halloween. Halloween Silver Shamrock. Uh, anyway, so Fright Night 2 took place two years after the first one, 86, and this one was clearly not as up to quality with the first one. The first one had certain parts of it were definitely uh, comedic, but this one took it to another level. The uh, So you've got uh, Charlie, who's back. You've got Peter Vincent, who's the fearless vampire killer who has his like public access show where he plays like Elvira-type horror movies and everything. And instead of Jerry Dandridge, which was killed, the main vampire. I, I like this movie. Uh, well... I think uh, I'm starting to so remember. So the uh, so Jerry Dandridge's sister comes rolls in the town, and this was the woman from. Uh, if you anyone out there has seen uh, In the Mouth of Madness, it's the real. It's the girl that was with uh, Sam Neill in that. She played the head vampire in this. Okay, but she was uh, Jerry Dandridge's sister, and she had like an entourage of people with her. She had the bad guy from Cobra. You remember that big guy with the grizzly face. Uh, that was killing people with the hooks. You know, the Stallone movie, Cobra? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he was a really massive guy that was in a lot of those old action movies. I know uh-huh. you know if I showed you his picture. Uh, it had uh, John Grease, who played Uncle Rico oh, in, nice. and Napoleon Dynamite. And he was also in a lot of... Uh, he was in Running Scared and a couple other uh, movies. And then uh, I don't know who the third person was. She was kind of a nobody. But it was like her crew of people. And uh, what made this one fun was you got to see all these other... Uh, kind of horrific characters. The guy from Cobra would eat bugs through the whole movie. Huh. He would just eat them off like lampshades and stuff. And John Grease <laughs> was... made him do that. <laughs> John Grease was like a combination of be, of like a werewolf and a uh, vampire. Remember they had the scene where they just went into the bowling alley and they slaughtered like the owners who said, sorry, we're closed. So they slaughtered the owners and they're bowling with his head oh, and shit. shit. And this had like next level special effects very similar to... Uh, 
the first one because the first one those vampires remember Marcy from uh, Amanda Beers from, from Married with Children. Children that some of the best makeup from Fright Night was on her like head vampire uh, look that they did at the end and they yeah, carried yeah. that over to this one huh. but there was some clever stuff like it's, <clears throat> not to go full geek but I was uh, uh, I used to play like the equivalent of D&D of Dr- Dungeons and Dragons with vampire it was called Vampire yeah. the Masquerade and it was like the same thing you would make your your character profiles and everything and then you got to realize the different mythology with the vampires and you got to pick different clans I'm I was a 14th level yeah like there was certain grader. vampires though and I realized <laughs> Daywalker. And, I, and I thought it was fun like I was in uh, I was the type of vampire called an Asimite which because I played with a bunch <laughs> of assholes that at some point in the game they would just turn on you and drain your drain and kill your character uh-huh. so an Asimite has like uh, poison for blood so you can't drain oh, uh, nice. an Asimite nice so I could just walk through my friggin uh, game without having to worry about my asshole friends just trying to jump on me and kill me nice. so I always appreciated the lore behind this stuff mm. and one of the things that they did you play with a bunch of people that are just <laughs> killing you yeah, yeah well yeah my friend Ed and Adam they, they, give fun. <laughs> uh, they found it hilarious uh, <laughs> <laughs> they must they the same guy that play those uh, those shooting games, the shooting games, and then just, just go around just friends. killing people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but there was a part, certain thing in Fright Night too that I haven't seen in other many other movies. Maybe it was done in Bram Stoker's Dracula, but making roses a weapon. Uh, when they shove roses in the faces of the vampires, huh. they react really badly to it. Really? It's, they don't do it in many films. They did it in Fright Night too, and I thought it was awesome. But along with it, uh, that John Grease character was hilarious. He kind of uh, replaced that evil Ed character from the first one, who was kind of the comic relief. So he was hilarious, but I always loved the uh, when that main woman turned at the end, she just looked evil as hell. And she did a great scene where she went down an elevator shaft, and at the bottom of the elevator shaft was Charlie and his girl, and then uh, Peter Vincent was up top, and he had to like uh, somehow. Uh, kill the head vampire from up top like five floors up the thing and realize that if he broke the glass and set a series of mirrors up that he would reflect it right down on her oh, nice. and so he was able to sit stand at the top of the uh, thing bend the mirror down and like just destroyed her she like melted away nice. all the Fright Night movies are very like greasy and gooey and everything that's good <clears throat> really fun movie man that a lot of people like ah Fright Night 1 was the good one Fright Night 2 is a hard it's hard to top Fright Night 1 because it's out of the bag once you Oh yeah, the whole. But that's what a lot of people are looking for. I mean, when I'm immediately seeing Fright Night one, it was one of my favorite movies, and I could not wait for another adventure with Charlie and uh, <clears throat> and Peter Vincent. The cable access show was really funny. That he was. Yeah, <laughs> didn't they have to convince him what he even remembered was real? Didn't he like try to block it out? Oh yeah. Oh, on this one. Yeah. No, he actually. Uh, Charlie was uh, that one. He was going to therapy at the beginning. Oh, okay. And he, and he kept saying like a mantra: "It's not real." And everything. Peter Vincent knew it was real. And he was constantly <laughs> waiting. He had like shit ready to go. Okay. And everything because he needed convincing in that. First I knew one. one of it was. But what was great unaware. about it too was that when the female vampire came into town, she actually came in town as like a performance artist, and she would do vampire type shit in front of the cameras, and then pretend to remove her eyes and her teeth and everything and what she's really doing is showing her shit yeah i mean it's it's kind of like a, a you know like a, a wizard showing magic tricks on camera but actually doing the magic for real right that was kind of what she was doing and everything and people were like how did she do that how did she do that she's like turning on camera oh, wow. and people think it's a joke when she's actually fucking doing it so oh, wow. it's like this whole another dynamic to it that i thought was really clever there's a lot to, more to fright night too than you than you think at least in my mind it is. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a hard one to get your hands on, man. Uh, I think the uh, the 
the video, if you want the DVD with the case, it's like $85 on oh, eBay. Wow. I bought the disc. You uh, bought backup. Yeah, I bought just the disc for like $24 with no oh, case wow. or anything because yeah. I'm, I don't plan on selling it, but uh, just to get my hands on it. Yeah. It was an interesting story that, about this. Is that what you, uh, when your house is on fire? Is that yeah, what? grab the box. <laughs> the box grab the box, then grab the cats. Then <laughs> <laughs> my wife. Then my wife. <laughs> there was an interesting story about this when uh, Tom Lee Wallace and... Uh, I guess uh, Roddy McDowell, who played Peter Vincent, were they were both involved with the production uh, of this together, and they were meeting with the head of I think it was Ion Pictures at the time uh, to talk about the marketing of it. Uh, they had a lunch meeting with him, and, and that guy was Jose uh, Menendez, and that night uh, he was killed by his two sons. The Menendez brothers. Oh, shit. And shit. according to the story, Roddy McDowell called Tom Lee Jones and said, well, I didn't do it oh, <laughs> as like a joke yeah. uh, to him. Yeah. <laughs> because they had lunch with him like five hours before he was killed. That's crazy. Uh, and I guess he didn't give any money to that, uh, to the next Fright Night 3. <laughs> because Have they made a good movie about that yet. They, they did a, a series. They're doing a series, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it, is it on right now? Is it on? I, it, I think it's I think on right it's now. Over, or, or it might have ended. Or it's yeah, in the middle of it, maybe. Yeah. You I, know the same people that did the OJ yeah. uh, series, American Crime. Yeah, that's what's happening oh, okay. with that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. They Edie, well Edie Falco played the like uh, the lawyer, Nurse Jackie. She played the lawyer of the Menendez. That was brothers. such an evil crime. Man. Oh yeah, man. Oh. I love in Zoolander how they make fun of that trial throughout the oh, really? movie. Oh, really? I don't. Even, I've seen Zoolander, but only oh, once. It wasn't. It, that wasn't one of my favorite. It's uh, just a little background theme uh, that they run through the whole movie. It's yeah. just like when you pass a TV, they're talking about this trial, and it's Ben Stiller dressed up like one of the Menendez brothers. That's funny. Yeah, I remember. And the nine one one tape they play, and it's hey, like yeah. you know, and, and it's it's hysterical. And then towards the end of the movie. They're about to give the verdict, and everybody like stops what's going on or whatever. And there's some kind of like power outage, so it's like we find the defendant, and it goes <laughs> off. You know what I mean? And, and it's funny it's because funny. the whole movie, it's just been like subliminally back there, you know. And you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, that could have been on the list. Yeah, <laughs> I've only seen it once, but it wasn't my favorite of the Ben Stiller kind of silly comedy. When he does those really outlandish. Some of them I take, some of them I don't. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite was was uh, was him and Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, he played yeah, the yeah, nurse. Yeah. Get you a yeah. nice warm glass. Hit, of yeah. Yeah. Shut the yeah. hell up. Your hands work. Well, now your uh, now your feet gonna hurt. You just drive on duty. Yeah. <laughs> He's got him <laughs> sewing quilts. Yeah, <laughs> funny man. All right, so yeah, that was number number five. How about you, number four there, Justin? All right, so number four, um, pound puppies. Yeah, close, <laughs> close. Uh, no, number four is Bill Engvall and Billy Ray Cyrus in Bait Shop. Wow, and see, I'll have to admit, Are you going all fishing with this. Oh, there were a couple that didn't. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll have to admit I've never seen uh, Bait Shop. I I knew about it and I had seen the trailer, but that is as far as that has gone. It's the so. country western singer. Yeah, yeah, Billy yeah, Ray, yeah, yeah. Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus. Cyrus. Yeah. Yeah. He, Billy he, he he was also. I think he's just known as Miley's dad now, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and so basically, Bill Engvall uh, owns. I a, do love Billy Bill Engvall. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's really one of the blue collared comedy guys. Oh, yeah. is that yeah, where yeah. he's from? Yeah, I've yeah. heard his comedy. Yeah, you got Bill. by himself, but I didn't know he was part of it. Yeah, yeah well, you got uh, you, you got, got Jeff Foxworthy, Foxworthy, you got Larry the Cable Guy, you got Ron White, and then you've got Bill Engvall. Ron White's kind of fun. 
funny. I saw him here when he came. Who, which one? Ron White. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah, yeah they're all funny. Good. Foxworthy, I can. Oh, I like Foxworthy. <laughs> well, I mean, he just. He's one of the you more. might be a redneck. Yeah, he's one of the more. Uh, you could play him for By the, the whole third family. one of those, you're like, yeah. Right. <laughs> Ron White, you can't play for the whole family. Uh, no. Jeff Foxworthy, yeah. you could. He doesn't yeah. say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same, same with Bill Inval. Bill Inval, they're pretty clean, kind of stand up comedians. Right. And so. He's a bass fisherman. He's always wanted to just be able to, uh, you know, own his own bait store and be able to fish and have a bait shop and everything like that. And uh, basically, there he he gets a letter from the bank, and the letter says the bank owes him fifteen thousand dollars. And one of his friends is looking at the letter with him and says, "No, no, no. This says you owe the bank fifteen thousand dollars." <laughs> and so. He doesn't know what he's going to do, but he was a semi-professional bass fisherman at one time. And so... Who gave that up for the glamorous life of bait shop owning. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> so and, he's, got to, he's got to save the bait shop? Right. So he's got This to hasn't save. been done before in different capacities ever. No. <laughs> I, I, one of your movies in particular has a very similar plot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you got to win something big yeah, to pay for something. Exactly. And so um, turns out there's this you know professional fishing tournament coming up, and the, uh, the, the prize is like $100,000 or something like that. Well, there's the best professional fisherman in the world is Billy Ray Cyrus, also known. <laughs> Which I don't believe. <laughs> he um, said yes when they made the phone call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted the story behind how Billy got this role? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so his character's name is Hot Rod Johnson. <laughs> and Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Which he probably came up with himself. Um, and so he's, you know, he's a pompous asshole and, uh, Bill Ingvall's your everyday, you know, good hearted person or whatever. And so there's a scene where they're talking about Hot Rod Johnson and Bill Ingvall's like, you know, just saying what a piece of shit he is. And if he ever came into the story, tell him in his face, you know, and everybody he's talking to just their jaw drops and they look behind him and he goes, he's in the store. (laughs) And so... There starts their rival between things, and uh, his son, Bill Anvil's son, uh, Anvil, Anvil, whatever, Anvil, um, basically becomes, like, mentored by Hot Rod Johnson, and Hot Rod Johnson's an asshole, so the kid starts kind of acting like him, you know? And, and also, Hot Rod Johnson is, is opening, like, his version of a Bass Pro Shops right across the street from, from his bait shop, you know? Um, so not only does he, you know, have to win this $100,000, now he has to compete with that as well, you know? And so... The whole tournament goes on like he has all Don't kinds spoil of problems. It for me. Yeah, yeah I, I, I know you're gonna see it. So you know what? I'd watch it. It sounds good. Yeah, it already sounds better than Gone Fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You, you, it's it's a tough sell. But uh, was it PG, PG thirteen, or was it like R? I, no, I'm sure it was probably. Yeah, it PG. was probably PG. Like yeah. I don't think there's one cuss word in yeah, the whole yeah, movie. Yeah. Miley Cyrus, Cyrus's dad doesn't. Yeah, yeah doesn't I do think all, he might be like, movies. well, hell, Hot Rod Johnson don't yeah. need this. That, I mean, that's the cool. Other, that's you know, the, I mean, the world needs those movies too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, so they so he goes into the fishing tournament, and uh, I'm just you know I, I won't spoil the ending in case you see it. <laughs> And some things happen, and some things happen. Not listening to that fascinating with films anymore. They ruined bait shop for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, here. So, so you know, he, he he catches this giant bass that he needs to win I the tournament. I wouldn't say ruined. Yeah. yeah, right? He catches this giant bass that he needs to win the tournament, and he comes to weigh in at the scales. 
And, you know, he takes first place. Well, then Hot Rod Johnson goes, oh, well, you know, I might just have one more fish, which doesn't happen at all in any fishing tournament. <laughs> you know, he's like, I might have one more fish in my uh, live well that needs to get weighed. And he goes to his live well and he pulls out, like, this 10-pound bass, which is, like, a rubber bass that it's the most ridiculous <laughs> you know representation of a bass you guys couldn't get a real bass it looked like that billy bass thing that went on the wall oh you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah that's what it looked like man as much taxidermy people do on basses they couldn't get or one just a real bass or a they real one i mean come on guys you know <laughs> digital bass well it turns out that that particular bass it was rubber and he didn't win because yeah. <laughs> no well like i said his son became you know kind of went under his wing so actually Bill Engvall's son caught that with Hot Rod Johnson like two days before the uh, tournament, oh, yeah. and he had been keeping it in the live well in case he needed it, you know? Cheater. So they found out that he was cheating because the kid had the picture of the fish yeah. on his phone. So he wins the tournament, you know, uh, Bill Engvall Hot Rod wins. is disgraced. And yeah, and so now... Loses his, his franchise. His business is going under, so now everybody wants to come to, you know, the other bait shop, and he gets it all nice, nice looking, and... Has got a good relationship. It's got feel good, yeah, feel good. Q bait shop too. Now, <laughs> now, do you remember the the real story of someone tried to cheat the largest bass? Oh, putting and it had weight. been frozen, and they they and he, and he thought and it let it thaw out, but they found out somehow no. from some crystallization in the flesh. No, or something. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> Google it. No, um, I know that they're in Palatka uh, on the St. John's. Um, there was a potential world record. This was like back in the 80s. A potential world record bass caught. And the people who caught it just didn't even care at all. And they just took it home and ate it. Ah. They All they had were the bones. And they had to measure the bones and everything. Funny. And they said from the size of that, it would have been a bigger than world record. You forget that some people aren't in it. I wonder if it's for the sports. I'm in like it for that dinner. This, that was three dinners. Yeah. Goddamn right, it's a world record. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy when, you, when you're that kind of uh, into something where somebody else is kind of... They're doing it, but they're not into it as much as you. It's, yeah. e- it's even with like even with like toy collecting. You're like, don't open that package, and right. someone gets it, and just rips it open. Yeah. I want to play with it, man. What yeah, are you talking exactly. about? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what you're doing? Yeah. So yeah. That's fun, man. Yeah. So, Bay Shop. It was a good. It's movie. a good one. Yeah, it was a good movie. I'd check it out. It's probably a Netflix one. Sounds like I've got Netflix I've, written I've, all over I've, it. Man. It's at my house. You, can yeah. <laughs> you own it. <laughs> oh, nice. yeah. All right, Dave. What do you got for your number four? Number four. Okay, this is a movie that. Um, one of those historic movies. Nice that follows something that's very identifiable in history. It's uh, and it was a great movie and it had a good cast, but I don't think anybody's ever seen much of it. Is uh, Thirteen Days? Love Thirteen Days. That's one of my favorites. But I have found a lot of people. I agree. Found a lot of people have not seen that movie. I've never heard of it, but I would. Kevin Costner plays Kenny. So like Iwo Jima or something? No, or? no, it's the it's Cuban Missile Crisis. Cuban Missile Crisis. During oh, okay. 13 days between when they saw that the Russians had set up ballistic missiles in Cuba. Uh-huh. Yeah, give us a little background on that. So, Because it's a, it's a fascinating story. You don't realize how close we came to nuclear war and yeah, how, how we, the Kennedy um, administration... I mean, the movie is just literally... So if I tell the story of yeah, yeah, that, you'll tell you're going to... It's that oh, yeah. story. Give yeah, us a l- little... Uh, uh, oh, but ahead of time, Kevin Costner does a fabulous... 
New England accent, yeah. and Boston accent. <laughs> in this. I yeah, had really. to give him very people can't well, Bruce do that. Greenwood. Those all, all three of those guys yeah. did a great job of their accents. They must have worked really, really hard. L- literally, the main three characters are the Kenny, who's the advisor, who's and the then advisor. Kennedy. Who's Zimbabwe. obviously the president of the United States, and then Robert Kennedy, who is uh, uh, district attorney uh, mm. uh, and best friend and confidant, obviously. U.S. attorney, yeah, U.S. Uh, attorney to uh, to John F. Kennedy's brother. And so, there, so we had obviously the Cold War started well before <laughs> right. the '80s, when people think of it. And so, in the early 1960s, and I think this was '62 or three. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, we would run spy plane flights over Cuba because Cuba had aligned themselves with Russians. Mm-hmm. And our biggest fear was is that they would, Russians would be able to build up batteries of stuff in Cuba. Yeah. So we monitored Cuba like a hawk. Mm-hmm. And then on the Sunday of the 13 days... <laughs> One guy. <laughs> spy plane... Spotted something. Got a picture of a bunch of ballistic missiles being... Them. And uh, so they struggled to... F- to, for a response, because the generals wanted to go yeah. in, and but there were every the, all the stations were all being manned by Russian soldiers. Mm-hmm. So if you the rules of engagement, if you if we attack Cuba and kill a bunch of Russians, the Russians can are going to attack right. the Germans, and then it's a slippery kind of slope like back yeah. and forth because diplomacy was really the only kind of way to do this. And and they couldn't directly talk to Khrushchev. They needed no, kind they of had back to go channels through and, back channels, and they had to go through the UN and yeah. use the UN to try to pressure them because they finally they admitted that we knew they were there. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they had denied that they were there, denied we were there. They got a voice in the UN, and finally it was shown that they were there, and they had to backdoor brokerage a deal yeah. to get them to take them out because they were already there. Right. And literally the only three people out of the whole room of uh, people that wanted diplomacy was Kennedy, Robert, and then their uh, their guy played by Costner. Yeah. Who who said we have to really tiptoe into this, or we're going to be in deep shit, and this is going to this is going to result in nuclear war. And like it came close because Khrushchev, you know, we pressured him, and we remember he went on TV yeah. and he told the American that what was there. He, yeah. He said we found irrefutable proof that. Russia's been, and I mean, I can imagine people were scared shitless. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And so they gave him time to get him out, and they didn't. They ran a quarantine around the island yep. so mm-hmm. that they could stop every single ship. Like they call it a quarantine because it's not a legal, uh, it's not a legal move. Mm-hmm. And so they had to look like they weren't taking any legal precedence against right. Russia. Yeah. So they, but some of the ships didn't stop and they got like right, right down to it where yeah. there's a lot of missteps. And, uh, we thought a ship had fired kind of like uh, the Vietnam war started by yeah. a sh- ship saying they got shot at mm-hmm. by a North Korean. So this, you gotta be real careful with the rules. Cause once it starts, yeah, once the who rules cares how it started? Broken, right. yeah. 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 It's, it's already in. That's there. why when these Russian, uh, MIGs do flybys yeah. and everything, it's not a good thing. Uh, but a lot of these, well, every single actor in this was playing a real character, too. And yeah. they did a fantastic job of finding not only actors that looked like them, but actors that were really great for the job. The guy who played LeMay was yeah. uh, was the angry mailman from Funny Farm. And he was vicious. Oh, really? He Hell was yeah. crazy in this movie, too. He's played crazy before. He played crazy in The Quick and the Dead. Uh, and he had been in uh, a lot of different movies. Yeah, he was good. Uh, but he was really good in this. And so was the guy from Happiness. <clears throat> he was the one that played Robert McNamara, right? No, uh, this that was the. What's the guy from uh, 
Yeah, McNamara. You're right. He yeah, played, he played McNamara. Robert McNamara. Now that's the, if you. I don't. I don't know if that got caught on the uh, mic, but there's chickens going nuts. <laughs> Roosters. Roosters. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Distracted. <laughs> uh, I mean, that scene in the war room. Remember oh, yeah. Fog of War? Oh yeah. That that's that guy. Yeah yeah yeah. Mac- he was. Um, still chickens running everywhere. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um. It's just I'm fascinated with history movies. Yeah, I mean, and this one was great, and there was a lot of like action back and forth that they did it to make it a very engaging too. It wasn't just like this uh, history lesson that was just laid out to you. It was it was a big part of history that people do not realize. We oh, came we didn't know a lot war. of the behind the scenes. Yeah. We heard on uh, not me, but mom would have. Yeah. You know, heard his speech and then said, "Oh shit, this is where the war's starting." And right. w- behind the scenes, we found out in that movie that there were two messages. Remember, we, right. there was two mess—a really soft Kusha. message and a really hard message sent from Back Russia. When there was one the was Soviet Union. One they- was saying, "Hey, we, we will. We would be willing to agree to remove these things." And then, uh, uh, then there was a whole set of uh, steps that they would take so they didn't look like they were losing face. But then there was another uh, message that came through really hard yeah. and, said, and said, screw you and this and that. And then oh, wow. we didn't we didn't have verification of which was sent by who. And uh, they were constantly trying to they were, beg. They were going to even ignore the second letter. Like yeah. never had even showed up. And, remember, oh, wow. and then just respond to the first one. Yeah. And that, that was their plan, that they were going to just respond to the soft message. McNamara said, well, you got to respond to the soft message, not the hard message. They, the, the way it was brokered is, and he, he's still a senator or he just left? God, I can't remember his name. They used him. He was just a senator that knew a Russian. That wasn't Adelaide, was it? Adelaide it wasn't Adelaide. Adelaide was the UN he was the Secretary. UN guy that came in and but says they got I'm another to- they got another who had spent time in Russia and known them and he's like let me use my back channel yeah to try to broker a deal and that's when you saw Bobby in the office yeah. talking to the Russian at the end of this movie and it was uh, a- there's a lot of these movies that are such a great history lesson where you could sit down and in an hour and 45 minutes you yeah. will know this time period and this history right. lesson so I don't know how they don't play this that's why in I recommend schools. people watch Ken Burns movies yeah and, but even those, those I get can be boring at times. They can be, but, but you will learn everything yeah. you ever wanted to know about jazz. It's true. And everything you ever wanted to know about It's true. Civil if, if, you'd, if you can not lose your train of thought. You know what's it. never going to ever be made again? Hmm. A 10 disc Civil War documentary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No way. Because he made it. Yeah, he made the only one you need. Mm. That's the only one and no one would ever make But that's again. what's impressive with uh, the 13 Days one in particular is... That's the only thing you'll need to know about the Cuban Missile Crisis. In an hour and 45 minutes, it'll give you yep. this engaging, not only an engaging movie, but a really great... And Kevin Costner was really good. He was great. He Bruce was really Greenwood played an amazing Kennedy. They were really great. Guys are good. Uh, yeah, the Adelaide... I love the Adelaide Stevens because he had that famous line that was during the yeah. thing. He says, I'm willing to wait until hell, hell freezes, freezes over <laughs> uh, to get your response. So, yeah. <clears throat> and they had a... The disc was really good. You can Google good. a lot of that old UN footage. And on the DVD. If you go on oh, the really? DVD, it has a lot of the split screen between oh, the it? actors yeah. and it shows all the I different like things. I like when they... It was really when, cool. When they pay attention to that Yeah, stuff. when they... I mean... Yeah. Because people do... When you... Not so much anymore. Munich is a good example. Oh, yeah. Not so much Love anymore Munich. because of the way that it's gotten. But I remember... What you talking you know, about? I'm, I'm about to get You there. know what I'm talking about. Obama's you know, still I, in office. I, I remember back in the day when something was you know based on a true story... They were really trying to do a good job. Now, based on a true story, means you know Jack and Jill went to the park 
and that's the real part of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've made up all of this stuff about what happened to them on their way to the park. You well, know what I mean? Like, people got to realize that there's historians out there, and there are people that are going to jump on this shit if you're not yeah. if you're not accurate. Yeah. I told I you. I mean, about- you can't make a movie. You can make a movie and. and- Pay tribute to something, but if you're going to yeah. make a movie about something, yeah, you got to do your homework, yeah. especially I, history and war. Well, I know. told you there's a great show that I don't know. I don't. I go. I Google it to see if there was any more episodes that I didn't see it. But they on the History Channel they played Lincoln Spielberg's Lincoln. And then yeah. afterwards they had like a small half hour show that was hosted by Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith had a heart attack this week. Wish know, you well, man. Kevin. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it was an awesome show, and it shows that you can plug him in anywhere. So it was him. Uh, they played Lincoln, and then it was Kevin Smith talking to the production designers and the costume designers mm. and everyone to see how accurate the Spielberg one was. And apparently it's, like, crazy accurate. Really? And they pointed out what they did with the uh, the, the production yeah. stuff and everything, and it was just fascinating. But to watch it's easy to do. You, if, you, if you gave me that movie, I would say, okay, what are the top ten U.S. colleges that with the best history professors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. well, you're hired, you're hired, you're hired, you're well, hired. There's, there's always people that are into that type of stuff. Like I said, we could do a Civil War movie and have 20 re, uh, Civil War reenactors here next week because they're just dying to do Who's that, that shit. Who's that jerk right. you know? radio guy that writes all those books? They got ousted. The jerk radio Bill O'Reilly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a bunch of historic... He must be a history buff. Yeah, he, wrote, he did the killing he wrote Lincoln. King, the kill, killing Lincoln, killing, killing of Kennedy, yeah, I think. Yeah, killing Reagan, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Except he's a douchebag. He's kind of a douchebag. <laughs> douchebag <All right>. alert. <laughs> Let's move on here. So number four. I love this movie. This is a movie that I've always loved since the day it came out in the theater. Me and my cousin snuck into the theater to see this. What? Uh, we were, I can't remember the first movie we watched, but we waited in the theater and then snuck into this right afterwards. Oh, it was Blown Away. We saw Blown Away, snuck in to uh, see this movie. So it's 19... And no one likes this movie but me. But <laughs> 1994's The Shadow. I love the shadow. Man. <laughs> I, I thought the shadow was pretty decent. Oh, good. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I, I that did. I loved it. There was so much great stuff on this, and this was based. This could easily have been on our superhero pod too, because this was based it was on. It's a comic f- from way back, right? Yeah. This was a radio show before freaking That's Zorro. Right. Man. That's right. Well, I mean, this was like knows yeah, yeah. What the, the evil that uh, the evil that clouds the hearts of men? That's you know, right. because this was. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the actors, and I'll give you the kind of premise to this. Uh, so you've got Alec Baldwin playing uh, Lamont Cranston, who's basically Bruce Wayne. He's basically Bruce Wayne. Uh, <laughs> same well, kind but. of same kind of thing, and he is fighting um, Shiwan Khan, who is a direct uh, descendant to Genghis Khan. It's played beautifully, beautifully by John Lone, who I loved in one of my favorite movies of all time, which is uh, Year of the Dragons. Probably one of my on my top five movies of all time with Mickey Rourke. Great cop movie in San Francisco, and he was the villain in it. John Lone also was in Rush Hour Two. He was the guy that they. Uh, Named Ricky something. Remember they kept. Remember he slapped his laptop out of his hand where they're at that spa at the beginning. Yeah, uh, he was the Asian bad guy. I think I remember it. that. Uh, he's done a lot of good stuff, but this, in my opinion, this and Year of the Dragon, he was so friggin' good in. Uh, Last Emperor, that was the other one he was famous for. Mm. Uh, but you got Penelope Ann Miller, you got Ian McKellen before anyone knew who the fuck Ian McKellen was. Uh, you've got Tim Curry who had had an amazing role in this movie. So what you've got is. Uh, 
it starts out with Alec Baldwin's kind of a scumbag. He's like a, a brutal barbarian who uh, gets captured. And, through the age, through, like back in the ages. Yeah, way back in uh, in the ages. And he was kind of, he, this was in Tibet, and he was trained it's by... Tibet. Yeah, they were tra- he was trained by the <laughs> Tibetan monks to be able to uh, use this ability where he could cloud people's minds. Ooh, and he could basically... <laughs> yeah, he could basically go without being seen. Yeah, or he, and no one could read his. Uh, I paid mind. my check already. He could totally, <laughs> he could totally tell people to do things, and they would do it right away. And uh, you got to see him being broken down uh, into this superhero that he was. So after he's getting trained, very similar how Bruce Wayne would have been trained if you watched like Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes back into New York, and uh, this is, takes place in like the 30s, the 20s, or the 30s. Yeah, and he's got. Uh, all sorts of people working for him. They have this uh, mutual ring on, and when you see someone wearing that ring, you know yeah. Peter Boyle is his uh, his cab driver, right. who can be anywhere. Who reprised uh, his role? He's got a cab driver. Yeah. He's literally, yeah, yeah. He's got literally probably fifty people all over town, including cops, that will feed him information. He's got like those, you know, those tubes at the uh, the bank. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like the the drive through windows. Yeah. He's got them going all over the city, so right. they just are pumping stuff into him and everything, and he finds out what's going on. So during this whole thing, uh, they're they're bringing this an, antique coffin into the uh, the history museum there, and what's inside is Shiwan Khan, who's John Lone's character, and they open it up, and he's basically the opposite of Alec Baldwin. He was trained by the same people mm-hmm. as him, but he wants to bring about like the end of the world, so he's bringing Mongolian like uh, like kind of uh, warlords with him and all different people to help him kind of take over the world. And what he does is he clouds Ian McKellen's mind and he's building an um a nuclear uh what was it an, an atomic bomb because remember he's got the guy uh the atomic bomb and the the joke in the movie was the atomic bomb wasn't named the atomic bomb yet and then uh the guy who's telling uh alec baldwin what it is and alec baldwin says "Ooh, kind of like an atomic bomb and he's like "Ooh, that's kind of catchy <laughs> <laughs> and uh so he's he's got ian mckellen brainwashed to build Shiwan Khan this atomic bomb and bring it to him and uh, his lackey is played by Tim Curry who's really fucking great in this movie he's obsessed with Penelope Ann Miller Penelope Ann Miller has this power where the uh, the mind control uh, that uh, Lamont Cranston the shadow won't work on her so she's able to read his mind and realize he's done some fucked up shit oh, wow. because when he sleeps at night there was a moment where she comes into him and, and is staring at him while he's sleeping and kind of gets drawn into his nightmare and it was really grisly shit where he's just slaughtering people it was a lot of really great stuff to it but some of the best stuff in this movie is when john lone and alec baldwin are on the screen together man you they built chiwan khan up to be this really hard-ass uh evil barbarian which he is Mm -hmm. but he's funny and very charismatic charismatic when he meets uh when he meets alec baldwin and they have these great scenes where they're like kind of riffing off each other these really comedic type stuff and uh you kind of like john lone uh, after a while huh. and and you realize what I'm he's conflicted <laughs> well alec baldwin through this whole movie is trying to figure out where the hell uh shiwan khan is and where he's doing all this stuff and then at some point he realizes he goes to this empty lot in like the middle of new york and he can't figure out what's going on there but he knows something's happening at that lot right and then he, he finally realizes it he's as he's staring it kind of the smoke 
smoke clears and everything, and you realize there is like a 50-story skyscraper in that empty lot. And what Shiwan Khan has been doing is he's clouded the entire minds of everyone in New York City not to see his building. And so once... Uh, That's convenient. It's very cool. <laughs> and then once Alec Baldwin gets in there, it's just like the last 20 minutes is like the they have great scenes where the atom bomb is like rolling down the hallways and everything. 94. Yep. What really was he doing? When did he do Beetlejuice? Uh, Beetlejuice was 88, 89. Oh, okay. uh, so, yeah, it was way before then. This was probably around time of Miami Blues, which I, could have also oh, been a guilty Miami pleasure. Blues. That could have easily been a guilty sewing pleasure. Up his, his sewing up his eyes. So many great stuff. No, his fingers. Fingers. Yeah. Got his fingers shut off in that movie. Man, that was a fucking whacked movie, man. You've seen even that? Heard of it. Miami Blues, man. Yeah, that's another rare guilty he pleasure. A, he plays it. Jennifer Jason Lee, Remo plays. Williams is in that, Fred Warren. Hell yeah, man. But yeah, The Shadow is so much friggin' fun, man. I don't know what it is about it that I really like, but every time I watch it, I'm like, man, why does everyone not like this friggin' movie? Yeah. It I, came out the same time as like The Phantom with Billy yeah. Zane, and that one sucked. <laughs> uh, it was it was, had some May fun that stuff be to it, the but the only time that movie is ever mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, what is it? Phantom. Phantom. Yeah, twice. No, oh. fuck you, dude. <laughs> I tricked my ass. I double. I'll bet you I'm not going to gamble again. How much you want to bet? <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, you were a fan of uh, The Shadow? You remember it growing up? Yeah, or? I mean, I, well, I remember the movie. You know, I remember seeing it and liking it, but it was just one of those that I just never watched that many times. Yeah. I, I think it was when it went on its HBO run. Yeah. was when I saw it, you know? And I mean, that was probably 95, you know? It's so. a period piece movie, like, during the 30s, 20s and 30s, but it was which fun, would have been, I like Which would have been yeah, when it no came problem. out yeah, originally. It was, it was very similar From, to, like... It was uh, a radio show. You know, another right. one uh, was... Uh, the Rocketeer. I love The Rocketeer, oh, yeah, that man. And that was another one that was kind of... That was uh, Disney. Was that was Disney. Disney. Yeah. Yep. That was very Disney. Yeah. yeah, but it was very good. It was good. I liked, but I also liked Dick Tracy. Jennifer Jason Tracy. Connelly was she uh, on that? I think you added a... I Jennifer think you Jason combined Lee Jennifer Jason Lee and Jennifer Connelly, but yeah. <laughs> Jennifer... Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. I had uh, John Locke from Lost. Uh, Terry O'Quinn. He was in that too. Anyways, yeah, The Shadow, 1984, man. Check it out. What you got, man, for number three? All right, number three, we're going uh, Will Ferrell, Woody Harrelson, Andre 3000. (gasps) Can only be one thing. (laughs) Semi-pro. Semi-pro, man. (laughs) So I I love this movie. I think it's one that not many people have seen or just... It's true. I just recently saw it. Do you think that hardcore Will Ferrell fans know this movie, though? I don't. There's a lot of movies that hardcore Will Ferrell fans don't even really? don't even gravitate to, like the uh, what was that Casa something that he Casa did Del Padre. Padre. Yeah, yeah. That, a lot of he, he does ones that don't I hit bought a lot that of times. Thinking yeah. it would be funny, and yeah. I did not laugh one time. Yeah, so he's kind of hit and miss on certain things. Yeah, but uh, and uh, it's also got uh, Kelly from uh, Bad News Bears. Yep, it's got uh, Freddy it, uh, Krueger. Freddy yeah, Krueger. Freddy yeah. Krueger. Yeah, he uh, he had one of my funniest scenes in this movie too, man. So, so all great. right, so Will Ferrell is the owner. It's of also got the a, ladies' man. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, Ooh, Meadows. Yeah, <laughs> my Kavasi. My, my yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we gotta we gotta talk about that scene in yeah. a minute for sure. Um, so Will Ferrell is the owner of like a semi-pro basketball team in Flint, Michigan, in the seventies. Yeah, in the seventies, called 
the Flint Tropic, Tropics. Because so, <laughs> that's an appropriate name yeah. for Flint, Michigan. <laughs> when I think Tropics, I think Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like their, their motto is, let's get tropical. <laughs> um, and so uh, Andre 3000 is one of the players. He goes by the name of Coffee Black. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, they trade to get Woody Harrelson. And it's in a great business move. Uh, it Will Ferrell. Is. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. He's Will, Will Ferrell trades their washing machine for <laughs> Woody Harrelson. So he trades the washing machine to another team. Will Fer- or, uh, Woody Harrelson comes to their team. And he plays Monix. And he was like, he played pro for the Celtics for like one or two seasons, but he just sat the bench, yeah. you know? So. Go ahead. I'm just thinking oh. how good you'd have to be just to make the. NBA exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to ride a bench, you have to be yeah. Even as you, you have to be the best player in your in your county or state Absolutely. or something. Yeah, but he's well past his prime. Okay. Like his knees are just completely blown out. You know, um, I did see the one scene when with the alley-oop scene. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's so that's, the best scene in the movie it too. Is, really? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why don't you talk about that scene? So uh, well, well, good break. Keep going. Okay, so basically, what happens is is the owners of these semi-pro teams are going to consolidate with the NBA and like the NBA is going to absorb like two or three teams out of the whole league, you know? So, which is what truly happened at this period time period too, I think. Yeah, I think the, they the Spurs were like the, played the, the, the other team was the Spurs. I mean, so right. The Spurs yeah. Were I, the I Spurs. think they were like the ABA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so basically they come to the decision. Where did the heat come from? I don't know. I don't know my, they, just, they probably just bought themselves a team. The team. At some point. <laughs> Um, but all these big wigs are all Will Ferrell actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they've exactly. all been the and, guy. The guy from Krampus, who's, who's also I'm, in Talladega Nights. I never yeah. can remember his name, but he's um, really good. He, I always want to call him Rob Cordry, but yeah. it's not him. The guy, the guy from Talladega Nights, one of the pit. Yeah, guys? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's um, also the guy who plays the uh, the ref in this, who's the priest. He's in a lot of uh, Will Ferrell movies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. So they come to the decision that like whoever places one through three are going to be the teams that go to the NBA, you know? So Will Ferrell's now got his team on a mission to finish third place, you know? So the whole movie is all about that. And there's just, there's just, it's just so many funny scenes within it, man. Yeah. Like, um, the one with the guy from Freddy Krueger, man. Yeah. So at, at halftime, They, you know, they're gonna take a, a, I think it's like a full shot. It's like a full court shot. Full court shot. He's constantly doing these things that he can't, like, uh, commit on. Like, like if we owe owe everybody what? Corn dogs. It's corn dogs. It's It's corn dog night. But we don't have corn dogs, you know? (laughs) know, (laughs) Anything to keep the attendance up to keep them. No matter if they can, like, uh, fall through on it. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, the prize. I have not seen this movie. I did see that one scene. It's funny, man. The prize is a check for $10,000, you know? And so, Kelly. From uh, or Freddy Krueger, you know I can't ever think yeah, of his name. It's, it's a three he, name. Let me check he, it out. He he looks like this dirty old hippie man, and he, he kind of looks like a is. dirty old hippie. Well, that's what he is, you know. And so Will Ferrell's like, yeah, you know, go ahead, take the shot. Don't worry about it, you know. So he takes it and he makes the shot, you know. <laughs> and, and he's like, "Where's oh. my money?" Yeah, he's like, "I just won ten thousand dollars." So Will Ferrell just gives him the big giant check that says ten thousand dollars on it. And the reoccurring joke through the movie is, is he keeps showing back up, telling Will Ferrell, like, "Can I have a regular size check?" Yeah, yeah. Or even like, even when he's seeing him in the audience and he's holding the sign and says, "I want my money." Yeah, <laughs> you know? It's uh, Jackie Earl Haley. 
Okay, Jackie cool. Earl Hayden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not um, like a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an assassin. Right there. <laughs> um. But I was I was telling Justin my favorite scene the other day where. Uh, where uh, Tim Meadows calls uh, Will Arnett. Cards. We forgot to mention Will Arnett and the guy from oh. Vice Principals. No, the guy from uh, Eastbound and Down. Yeah, he the played, principal. He played the principal in Eastbound and Down. He's also doing commercials now for like Yeah, Weeby Sadebo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, him and Will Arnett are like the announcers that sit off on the oh, sidelines. Okay. And Will Arnett's perfect for that. So and he's always drunk. Yeah, Will yeah. Arnett is just He's drinking and smoking through the whole thing. <laughs> And uh, they're playing like a poker game, a friendly poker game. And at some point, Tim Meadows, the ladies' man, calls him a jive turkey. Because he says he was in Nam. Yeah. But he was never in Nam. Yeah, yeah. He says, you're a jive turkey. And the the joke was he was so offended with jive turkey that uh, they... They tried to cushion it with saying that, uh, no, he said you were a cocksucker. Yeah. He's I like, no, it's not what I heard. He said, no, he really, he called you a cocksucker. Yeah. So he calmed down. He's like, okay, okay. As long as it's like a cocksucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was wrong with Jack? I, I don't know. They that, don't even explain it. They don't even they explain, don't explain it. Explain, yeah. <laughs> that Will Arnett was so offended by that, but cocksucker was all right to call him. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he pulls a gun out on him. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And he's like pointing the gun at him. He's like, who's the jive turkey now? Yeah. You know? And so they're all like, okay, put the gun down, put the gun down. So he, he jokes and he goes, ah, it's not loaded. I'm just fucking with you, you know? So he puts the gun down and one by one, they all pick the gun up. And, and pointed like, at somebody and across pointed the at table somebody and, and pulled the trigger, you know? So uh, Tim Meadows at one point stands Which, up. Which, if you know gun safety. <laughs> Come on, dude. You know what's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so at one point, uh, Tim Meadows stands up and he's like, hey, I got news. I did call you a jive turkey. <laughs> and he, you know, and I think he like shoots the gun, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like it ricochets. It ricochets all over. And also, Tim Meadows has a broken arm. Yeah, yeah. And everybody ducks for the bullet. And, you know, and they're like, oh, at least nobody got shot. And then they look over, and his cast is just pouring out blood. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you got shot. Like, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's fucking. It's, it's, it, it was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be too. Yeah. But I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for <laughs> Will Ferrell. A lot funnier than you guys are telling it. Well, I thought the the alley oop scene was ingenious. Yeah, when, when you now that was funny. It was yeah. actually really good because you were like, "Holy shit!" They made this the moment that the alley oop was invented. Exactly. <laughs> and everyone's reaction. Foul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone's reaction to it, like they dropped, like the ref dropped his whistle out of his mouth. Everyone, yeah. the whole they played uh, audience it went. Oh, yeah. Silent, we're like, wait, he he floated in the yeah, air. Yeah. Flying, yeah. Can't be able to fly through the air. Yeah. And uh, you know, and it was Andre three thousand that yeah. made the dunk. It was really know? cool. And then they kept going through and doing alley oops after that. And it, it was a fun movie, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was really good. And yeah, a lot of Will Ferrell's movies hit and miss. But Is that this your one third was good. sports movie in a row. Um, if you consider fishing sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say that. That works. Yeah. <laughs> Just making right, sure. Man. Just checking what you got. Heather's. Heather's number three, huh? Heather's was a great one, man. Do you hear they? Uh, before you get into that, they have a series that's starting. I did and hear they, that, uh, and, they pulled and, it. and I'm sure it'll be they, good. They, oh, because they pulled of it because the of the Parkland uh, shooting. Yeah, yep, they pulled it and they have it on hold now. So we'll see what happens with that. But, but. was there any controversy at the end of that movie <laughs> when it originally came out? When it, in the it was like nothing in the but, general public when well, it originally. Yeah, came it was out. nothing but killing children. <laughs> no, I know, but did it? Did it? It never got well. Any. You could get away with a lot more back then. You could, yeah. No, well, I was. I meant more about the the. They put dynamite under the. Oh yeah, there was there was a lot of in the gymnasium stuff in that movie. Yeah, see, so you're gonna have to explain. This oh, you to don't me. know Heather's? I, I, it's oh, it's so vague to me. I know. I, I remember it, but it's so far away. Christian Slater, Winona Ryder okay. in their prime. Yep. Shannon um, Doherty. Shannon uh, Doherty. I don't know what the blonde uh, girl I was. I, 
I can't remember a lot of the other actors. There was a lot of famous people at that time, though. But this was a movie that shocking stuff happened. Yeah. Before we start, I was in a band in Gainesville, uh-huh. and we had a band. And the, the guy, Jake, now is actually like the program director at Santa Fe for the business school. Mm. He was our bass player, but it was called Martha Dump Truck. And Martha Dump Truck was the character of the big girl in this movie. Oh, yeah, shit. that they made fun of. They, and made, made uh, fun they of called her Martha Dump Truck. Her name was Martha something. Some struck or something. And they just called her Martha Dump Truck. Right. And oh, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where Dave's band was. And that was our band name. For <laughs> so I used to have to tell people all the time when yeah. they say, a lot oh, of people Martha Dump Truck. Yeah, yeah. They would be like, yeah. Uh, we, remember we like had cool shirts. Yeah. We had. <laughs> but I, people would say, well, how'd you come up with that name? Yeah. So I, it, I'd always talk about this movie to other people. I thought it was great. He, um, it, Christian it, Slater kind of played like the the lone rebel coming in. To, this was back was in the, the day where he he was literally doing a Jack Nicholson impression. The straight up, yeah. straight up, right? Yeah, yeah. like with the uh, and he, like he with the cadence and the way he talked and, and everything. salutations. Yeah, and how he, he talked. In this he really movie. did it, like, it. He kind of dropped it a little while every year that went. He by dropped in his it career. by cuffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he had it still a little bit by cuffs. Yeah. I mean, he did it. He made it work for him. Yeah, because I always well enjoyed now he's huge in that Mr. Robot. Yeah, that's right. You heard about that Mr. Robot? I have not. He's he won Best Actor for did that. He? Uh, really? Emmy for it. Yeah, Best Supporting Actor. I think he was. I like those. So he's got actors that. That go yeah. kind he of in cycles. Had, well, what, I feel bad for him because he has had so many pilot episodes, more than like any other actor, and nothing hits for him. Really? So not until Mr. Robot, and I was like, oh, fucking, thankfully something went so right for Christian Slater. Yeah, it's on <laughs> USA, which oh, okay. I've never seen, but I hear people love it. Uh-huh. Uh, and I hear it's really good, so I don't know. I may have to check it out. But I am I was just so glad that it finally worked out for him because we've been watching him since like Gleaming the Cube yeah. And, yeah. and Cuffs and all and Pump Up the Volume and all his other movies. So Hot Tub but, Time Machine. Too. Yeah, I never saw the second one. Oh, was I love the first one. The first one was funny. But tell us, uh, well, right. tell so us about Heather's is, and this is this is Gander. there's a group of girls in this school that are like the popular kids. It's very Mean Girls. If you've seen the movie Mean Girls, mm-hmm. was, these girls run the school. They, they they're each na- they change their names to Heather. Like I don't think they're all named Heather. No, they call them. The they Heathers. call each other's Heather. Oh, okay. And like a great scene is that first when they're playing croquet oh, yeah. in the yard. And they're just ruthless to each they're other. They're just a bunch of stuck-up bitches. They're a bitches. bunch of st- rich, stuck-up bitches. Yeah, which is what Mean Girls was, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Christian Slater comes to town, tries to draw Winona Ryder away from them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the... And then the, the leader was trying to mess with... The leader of the Heathers, the, like the head bitch, uh-huh. was trying to mess with Winona Ryder. <laughs> and Christian Slater and Winona Ryder start chalking up this crazy plan that... Oh, we should just kill her. Oh, yeah, we should just kill her. Right. And that's like nobody's thinking about it. Yeah. And then they come over to see her in the morning, and and uh, Christian Slater pours like Drano or or varnish or something into a coffee cup. Oh, fuck. And he like gives it to her. He, she yeah. drinks it and like falls into the glass table, and boom, she's dead. And what sucks is... She became super popular. Yeah. Oh, shit. In the school it was after really she died. It was very. Everybody remembers her as this mean, horrible person. Yeah, but then yeah. everybody was like, "Oh, and she was so sweet." And then they saw the hypocrisy in this because right. nobody yeah. liked them. Watching this, and, and as it's fold, unfolding, you were like, "Are oh, they're just going to humiliate this girl, or they're just going to, uh, they're just going to play tricks on her?" You didn't realize that they were actually going to kill. Yeah, these right. It was and, a shock to the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't think that they played it pretty. And certainly, low-key. when Christian Slater got the two guys. Ah, in the woods, and that was the famous scene and that, the really good scene. That was Why don't you awesome tell us? Scene. Tell us about that scene. So she wants to get 
they kind of get power hungry over what they just did. Right. And she wants to get back at the at the stupid football players who are, who are also just as bad as the Heathers. So, yeah, there's just a poisonous culture at this high school. Right. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but, at this point, Winona Ryder didn't know that they... She didn't know. She so didn't here know. was the plan. She she told the two of them that they she wanted to have a gangbang with them out in the woods behind the school. Yep. So she says, meet me here at 4 o'clock. Bring some stuff. I think she gave him a list of stuff to bring with him. Yeah. And then, oh my god! Like when they showed up, she put one in one circle and one in the other. And what the what Christian Slater has said is he found these bullets that they don't pierce your skin. They just knock the shit out of you. Yeah. Oh, and, no. and he came out of the woods. He came out of the woods and shot one. And then she chased someone yeah. down and shot one. And she thought it was a joke, but they really killed these two. Yeah, they just killed these two people in the woods. Oh fuck! And then they <laughs> then they uh, they make it in a certain way where it yeah, looks like it they looks were like having they some gay, gay uh, lovers like my lovers favorite bet. line for the whole movie. Oh, I quote yeah, this man. all the time. It's like, I love my dead gay son. <laughs> <laughs> the father. They, the guys at the, the funeral. funeral. He's and like, then these guys man. become super popular for yeah. dying. Uh, like, it's really the whole football love. team was there. Yeah. And then he's crying. I don't care if my son's gay. I miss my dead gay son. Oh my god! But the greatest part of that scene was. The cops show up, mm-hmm. and they find the bag, mm-hmm. and it had, like, a men's magazine, and then he held up something, and he said, look, and the guy turned, and it was Avion in a bottle of water, <laughs> yeah. and he was like, okay. Because <laughs> back then, I guess it was, uh, you were... That was a really funny, not to go off too far to the tangent, you ever seen, but I'm a cheerleader? Which uh, yeah. they, it was with RuPaul, and it, they found uh, they found. Can't believe I missed that. <laughs> they had to send Although this girl to gay conversion camp because they went through her locker and found tofu. <laughs> we know you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was very similar to that. It was funny. Oh, I got a fridge full of tofu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Winona Ryder's like she's trying to distance herself from Christian Slater because Christian Slater is like completely gone nuts at this point. But that, you know what's, there's one scene that's really weird is when the dad shows up, remember, and talks to his son and he talks to his son like the dad would say, hey dad, the dad would talk to Christian Slater like he was the son. Oh, really? Christian Slater would talk back like he was the dad. That's interesting. I don't remember that part. And it was, it was a a weird joke between them but it was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and because apparently, remember he he blew up. A, his father was a developer, rich yeah. developer. Yeah, so you like realize blew up a that, building that killed his mother, or he did. Or yeah, you realize oh, wow. Christian Slater had this weird past too. Yeah, it's but all it, fucked up. It, but it gets down to this even crazier ending where Christian Slater goes to the school strapped with dynamite. He's just gonna blow the school. Up. No, he put it under the. Bleachers. Oh, he put it on the bleachers. That's right. But then he have some on him he at probably some point had too. Some, I think so. Yeah, because I think he ends up getting blown up at the end or something. It was Jeez. really crazy, man. It was one of those. Uh, she shot him and hit the dynamite. Yep. And, and then, and then she, remember, she gets blown up like almost yeah. Looney Tunes she style. And she's still got the cigarette in her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was, was fun. It, it, I, I think I made it sound darker than it probably. It was, was. dark though. It was, it was a, dark, it, it but it was a, it was a fun. They redid them. They did a movie in the '90s that was very similar to Heather's. Like when it came out, people were like, "Oh, this is the Heather's of the '90s," and it was Jawbreaker. Do you ever seen Jawbreaker? I've heard of it, but I've uh, seen it. Jawbreaker well, was a, it was very good. It had uh, had that had that that Noxzema girl. Yeah, she was in a Noxzema commercial, and it had Rose McGowan in it. And it was very Heather's. Like if you like Heather's, you like Jawbreaker. You like Jawbreaker. Like Heather's. Two totally fantastic movies, but they were. Dark, edgier comedies, and it hit at a right time in the nineties too. Yeah, or, no, I the eighties. It was the eighties, but it was the late eighties when you were late eighties. Like, Once coming into grunge, like nineties took off with music. 
changing. Oh yeah, 180 degrees. Oh yeah, and it changed movies right along the same time. I still remember the day I got angry. I was, I had spent. I wanted to learn how to play the guitar, Mm -hmm. and if you know me, if I really want to do something, I don't do it halfway. Right. Like with golf, I would drive my bike, you know, six miles and then play four rounds and then get back on my bike and do that day after day after day. Right. But so I locked myself in the room, Paul. Paul helped me a lot because he used to say, oh, you should play this song. You should play this song. And he kept bringing me a lot of Judas Priest and Iron a Maiden, lot of Iron Maiden Tons stuff. of Iron Maiden songs. And Iron oh. Maiden's at a high level there. Some of those those uh, solos that but Dave I, Murray did. Yeah. But then I remember hearing Nirvana oh, yeah. on right. the radio. Yeah. And all those years of guitar lessons. Yep. Not guitar lessons. All those years sitting in my room playing for like so I started in 87 I think so that was like 91 90 yeah 3 years smells maybe. like teen yeah. spirit when 89 oh, 90 came out like, he played three chords <laughs> <laughs> that's all he ever did yeah. <laughs> yeah man that was a that was a great time uh period too and another one that came out when was heather's I wonder it must have been 88 or 89 because my, and it works well into my number 3 here my number 3 and this was a random 1990s movie that me and my cousin just loved and we watched all the time and it was The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. <laughs> now it's interesting, I I show my girl remembers a lot of she was born in eighty, she remembers a lot of the pop culture stuff, but she, for the life of you, could not tell you who uh Interdice Clay was. And I was like, Man, really? I thought everyone knew who Interdice Clay was, but yeah. he, but he had that particular time period between like he was 87, missing for a while. 87 yeah. to like 92, Andrew Dice Clay was one of the biggest stand-up comedians in the world. Yeah. I mean, he would sell out uh, Madison Square Garden, and if you ever watched any And he wasn't stuff, even that good of a comedian. Old Mother that, Hubbard went to the cupboard and hit a dog a bone. Yeah. <laughs> she bent over and, oh, I gave her a bone of her own. <laughs> I love the <laughs> little boy People Moby. always say, hey, Moby, why are you always hanging on to your dick? Because <laughs> it wouldn't be gentleman-like to let it drag on behind you and shit. He <laughs> just had these weird, the, the crowds little were, boy the blue. crowds would needed the money this was one of the first times where the crowds were like intense behind him too they would they would say the punchline yeah and i think his popularity went off of the tonight show one time oh really like he said he was gonna do one joke and he did a bunch of other stuff i don't think they gave him the hook oh he was i think he got yeah you couldn't trust him you didn't know what he was gonna do or if he was gonna say but that was kind of his thing but yeah it was his thing and he wrote it pretty hard for he was just a really out he was I a, have seen something recently with him in it. it oh, the, awesome. Blue Jasmine. He was great in Blue That's Jasmine. That's what it was, yeah. yeah. He was really good. He's, he's going to do a lot of uh, good stuff still. But this one was just right up his alley, and it was directed it was by... just him playing himself. It was just him being his, doing his shtick, but this yeah. was directed by Rennie Harlan, who's... Most of his movies are garbage, but he did some really good ones, too. He did Die Hard 2. He did um, uh, Cliffhanger. Uh, there's a couple of the ones he did, but most of his movies kind of fall flat. But it was him in this but there were so many great character actors that just jumped in like Gilbert Godfrey was in this Ed O'Neill was in this Morris Day from Morris Day in the time uh Lauren Hawley was the uh his girl in this or his secretary that uh ends up being his love interest but the bad guy was Wayne Newton my god this just had everything he was the rock and roll detective <laughs> yeah, come man on now. Yeah, exactly. he was the rock and roll detective and it remember the beginning of it started with Vince Neil Vince Neil dies on stage, That's right? Uh, and you don't know how he died, and all the remember the uh, the funeral becomes this big thing that uh, you have to the blow the guy at the door to get in. <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember Andrew Clay's like, "Hey, you told her a hundred. He says, "Oh, they blew me. So oh, three hundred. Here you go." <laughs> uh, but so he's got to investigate all these uh, these crazy crimes, and he gets uh, put on a, a case by 
Gilbert Godfrey. And Gilbert Godfrey is interesting in this movie because he plays the radio DJ. And at some Gilbert point, Godfrey. at some point, he drops his <laughs> shtick where, you know, you almost always see him with the squinted eyes doing yeah. his shtick. At some point, he drops it and he almost looks like a real person huh. when he's having conversations with uh, with the Dice Man. And uh, he puts Billy a, Hills Cop, that's always be that's a, It's one. a good one. <laughs> Me robbing you. You're, I'm robbing you. Well, he picks up the wife and yeah. screams, bitch. bitch. <laughs> really funny, man. Uh, but Gilbert puts him on a, on a job to find this girl whose name is Zuzu Petals and I uh, you don't you don't know what she knows but she she has a uh, she has this there's a series of discs that are floating around between different people that all kind of uh, lead up to uh, Wayne Wayne Newton being behind this big uh, uh, music executive scam that uh, that's going to take down the whole industry and everything so he's kind of it's this great kind of even uh, pissed in the punch bowl even pissed in the punch bowl (laughs) some of the best stuff was with Ed O'Neill when Ed O'Neill would he was like a detective and he would he hated uh, Andrew Dice Clay and they would meet each other at the crime scenes and everything remember he says you're a piece of spam he says me you're a piece of spam because that's what I think of you and they just keep going back and forth and everything (laughs) and apparently Ed O'Neill used to be the lead singer of something called the Disco Express that's right so every time he can he's Booty, he's, t- is booty, it the booty time, time, booty, booty time, time. <laughs> all across the USA. He, he just keeps singing it every time he sees him. Remember Morris Day at the end? If you don't know Morris Day, Morris Day is that uh, he was that guy who sang that Jungle Love. And he came up with that dance that they did. They did it in James Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morris Day in the time. That um, Not to get it too far. It was also track, in uh, but the movie, the, um Purple Rain. Purple Rain. That's what I was gonna say. He was. Yeah. They showed him a lot. Yeah. He, huh. That was his big movie. You watched him play live a lot. And it's pretty. There's only a certain amount of movies he's been. That's in. a guilty pleasure movie. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Purple Rain's a good one. <laughs> you got to cleanse yourself in Lake Minnetonka. Yeah. <laughs> You're not cleansed. Why not? That ain't Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some of the some of the oh I forgot to mention one of the best characters is was Robert England who played this Freddy Krueger. He, yep. He played <laughs> the original Freddy Krueger. Uh, he played this like uh, a high assassin that's just trying to take out Ford through the whole thing and he's, there's a great scene where they're doing that chase scene through the cemetery and they're knocking over gravestones and everything or when he first comes across him in uh, Gilbert Garfrey's boat and they're uh, he uh, puts the TV over his head he just keeps popping up but my favorite scene is when uh, they're up at the top of the Capitol Re- Records building and Wayne Newton's orders him to throw him off there. Remember he uh, throws off his left-handed Jimi Hendrix guitar yeah. <laughs> off the top of the building it's just and he freaks on out. The ledge. Like he was going to kill Lauren Holly and he was like, all right, don't do it. And then he, he wasn't going to speak until he threatened his, uh, his guitar. He said, no, not my guitar, not my axe. <laughs> <laughs> well, they get to the top of the building and they get away from Wayne uh, Newton's kind of thugs and they have to like... Uh, crawl down the top of the building and oh, uh, Robert him. Robert England yeah Robert England kind of attacks him at some point and they all three him and uh, Dice uh, Zuzu pedals <laughs> just saying it is hilarious and then Robert England all fall down the building and they're doing like a complete 360 camera shot of them all falling oh, wow. and he's and like all, talking to the camera as he's yeah, falling and they're all screaming they're, uh, so Zuzu's screaming Robert England's screaming and they cut the Dice Man and Dice Man goes my hair my hair <laughs> and then all of a sudden they fall at a certain uh, point and and uh, the the guitar is right next to him, yeah. and he, he uh, like uses it to get away from Robert England and everything. And it's just uh, so such a fun ass movie. They remember they go to that. Uh, it's silly. they go to the sorority uh, sisters uh, thing where they're all doing the stuff that you would expect sorority sisters would do in movies like pillow fights and uh, exor- <laughs> exercising and doing all this crazy around stuff. in their underwear together yeah, that <laughs> nothing, nobody would do. And remember they played that. Uh, remember how big this song was at the time. Uh, 
Cradle of Love oh, by yeah. Billy Idol. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, they played Rock the Cradle of Love. They played to that scene. It was such a memorable freaking thing, man. But yeah, this was a movie I watched constantly. I watched it recently, and I can just watch it over and over again, which is really what Guilty Pleasures are about, man. Yeah. Fetch the Four Family. What you got, man? This is definitely one of my favorites Number of all two? time. Number two, straight into it. Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights. Justin's been trying to work Harlem Nights. I was fighting for it. it, 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 it had to get all the way down to guilty pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> you can't right. take it away from me now. <laughs> well, I can say whatever I want. <laughs> you could have used it in 80s comedy. Yeah. Now you don't have I to. I could have. Now you don't have to. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I don't remember much of it. Helmet. I know for a fact I've seen it twice, but yeah. for some reason I think that the age I was when it came out, yeah. because I watched it when it first came out, and a lot of the jokes didn't quite stick to me. I think if I had watched it five years later, or if I watched it now, that would be a lot funnier for me. So. Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell us first who's who's in it? Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Red Fox, Della Reese, Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Charlie yeah. Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Murphy, skinny. Charlie Murphy, yeah. not big Charlie Murphy. Uh, Danny Aiello, um, and the guy who plays Bugsy Calhoun, Calhoun but I, he always plays a gangster. I just can't hmm. think of his name. Um, so basically, uh, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy... Richard Pryor adopts Eddie Murphy, basically. Uh, movie starts off, this kid comes into a craps game, and the guy's th- throwing the dice... And he's like, oh, man, I can't throw when there's kids in the room. Kids bring me bad luck. You know, he's like, get this fucking kid out of here, you know. But he doesn't. And Richard Pryor's (laughs) like, Richard Pryor's like, man, look at the sign over there. This is Ray's place. He said, this kid can stay here. He's fucking, he runs errands for me and shit. Dude's like, man, all right, but I better not crap. So he throws the roll, you know, he rolls and he craps, you know. So he pulls out a knife and he's getting ready to, like, stab Richard Pryor over the fact that he let this kid in here and now he's lost his money, you know. And so Richard Pryor's got a gun underneath the craps table and he's trying to tell the guy, you know, like to hold him off for a little bit and listen to his bullshit so he can reach under the table, you know. And the guy's like, you know, give me all your money and everything like that. He's like, okay, but I just got to tell you one thing. And he reaches for the gun and the guy's like, what you want to tell me, motherfucker? And he can't (laughs) find the gun and he's like... I can't remember. You know? And, and he's like, I can't remember. And he goes to stick him and just you hear boom, bullet bullet hole in the forehead, you know? And the little kid shot him in the head, mm. you know? And he's like, I guess little kids did bring him bad luck. You know? What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that turns out to be Eddie Murphy as a kid. So then you fast forward to a few a few years later and now they own like the fanciest club in Harlem, you know, after hours club in Harlem. Um, and they're doing really well. And like Della Reese is the head of all the prostitutes. She, she looks after She's the, the girls. She's the madam. Yeah, exactly. You know, I can see that. And <laughs> right uh, off to touched by an angel. You get, <laughs> you went from that to touched by an angel. And, logical uh, progression. Red Fox, Red Fox is like snake eyes, Benny Wilson. Um, but he can't see for shit anymore. <laughs> so he's got these big, thick Coke bottle glasses. I have seen this. Oh movie. yeah. I've seen I just, it, but I don't remember. I don't remember much of it. Either. So the first night, one of this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie, the first night they have like closing of the club and everybody's, talking about how much money they made and everything. And Della Reese comes in and Eddie Murphy's like, how much money are the girls to make tonight? And she said, we made about $200. And Eddie Murphy's just like, bullshit, bullshit. I know you made more than $200. You're lying. You, you know, you're stealing. And Della Reese just gets fucking pissed off, you know? And she's like, well, fuck that. We got to fight now. You you, you insulted me. <laughs> like, let, we're going to have to fight. And he thinks she's joking. And he's like, yeah, okay, we're going to fight. You know? and yeah, <laughs> and she's like, no, fuck that. Meet me outside, you know? <laughs> So they catch me outside. 
fuck that girl. Anyways, <laughs> uh, you know, so he comes out there and and she's like ready to fight, you know, and they like, she punches him, you know, and he's like, all right, now, you know, you want to fight? You want to fight? You know, <laughs> so he catches her with like a quick one, two, three. And like, he's like, I told you, you didn't want to do that. And she steps up and like. She ducks one of his punches and gets him in the gut twice and uppercuts him and just knocks him the fuck out, you know? And she gets on top of him and she's just punching him, punching him. So she's just beating his ass and he takes the trash can lid, fucking nails her in the face and then gets up and takes the trash can and just smashes her with it, you know? So she, you know, he's like, all right, let's say we're done, you know? And you hear this like, dun, dun. and she stands up real slow and goes, Oh, you want to hit people with garbage cans. <laughs> and she pulls out a razor, you know. So he pulls out his gun. And uh, and he's like, all right, now put that razor away. I'm, I'm going to fucking shoot you in your pinky toe. I do remember. You know? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, you must be a fool to pull a gun on me. You know, and he's like, I'm telling you, I'm going to fucking shoot that black, crusty, dead little motherfucker off of there. You're going to be the limpinest fucking hoe in Harlem. You know, and she's like, well, there it is. Shoot it. Shoot it. And boom, he fucking shoots her toe off. You know what I mean? And like, so, so you know. The end. I mean, yeah, no, it, it's just such a fucking funny movie, you know. And like, basically, she whooped his ass. I can so, see that. In real life, too, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And it had an all-star cast, I mean. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, man. Red Fox, That's obviously. That's been one of the last things he did. Fred Sanford, yeah. No, yeah. he had a TV show. That's where he died. He died on the TV show. On the show. TV set? Oh, did yeah. he really? It was the like, Red Fox show? Yeah, the Red Fox show, I think. It, I didn't uh, know yeah, that. he died like, while they were filming. Oh. Uh, yeah, he had a hard time. Finally had the big one, huh? Yeah, had the big one. Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth, yeah. coming to join you. Uh, he had to stick your face in some dough yeah. and make some, some gorilla, gorilla cookies. cookies. <laughs> <laughs> he had the best insults back in the day, man. And Richard Pryor, I loved it. Richard Pryor and everything, too, yeah. man. And Richard Pryor was, was classic. <laughs> Harlem Nights, man. Yeah, it was, it was a great fucking movie, dude. <laughs> All right, Dave, what you got for number two? This is one that we saw a lot growing up. And it's also one that Dad liked a lot. Um, 1941. Oh, yeah. Steven Spielberg's blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was not a blockbuster. No, but to us, it was. We This was an HBO one that we watched on yep. HBO. It didn't do I, well in the theater. Our father loved and it. Like, and we watched it all the time, cable. man. And I have the LP for this, and yeah. I play it regularly. I haven't heard of it before today. Oh, John. You would love it, man. John really Bellucci. Fun. Yeah, uh, just try and name some actors. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Slim Pickens. John Candy. Uh, Christopher <laughs> Lee. Christopher Lee. Wow. Um, uh, John Landis had a small role in it, too. Huh. Uh, he who, was, who was the dad? Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. Uh, yeah. Who who was the I love him. Who the was toy. the general? It's like, let me hear you go. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that um, was the Uncle uh, Hulka. Uncle Hulka. Big toe. <laughs> from from uh, stripes. Speaking of big, big toes and pink toes, Uncle Hulka. <laughs> Uncle Hulka. <laughs> Would you be our big toe? <laughs> uh, but it also had uh, uh, Tim Matheson, Nancy That's Allen. Right. Uh, wow. Bobby DeChico, Treat Williams, uh, the, Treat Williams, the sister from uh, the big girl that was chasing the, yeah, Treat the, Williams she's around. She's dead now. Uh, she oh, was she? she was amazing. The sister, the uh, the large, bigger sister from uh, or the only sister from Back to the Future that played oh, yeah, a sister yeah. in the first oh, one. Oh, really? Yeah, she was really great in that too. Huh. So yeah, I mean, try to explain this movie is difficult. So it was like it was right after Pearl Harbor, and so the U.S. was worried about the coast of California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they built up like some civil defense teams. They mobilized a lot of troops out there. 
And uh, you're literally in this movie following probably eight different yeah. storylines coming uh-huh. circle. Like that, there that was all one storyline around this area there's, of California. There's the dad who get the Civil Patrol comes to him and they want Ned to put Beatty. a gun. They want to put a gun in Ned Beatty's yard. And his and, and his wife is uh, the mom from Jaws. That's right. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And they got a bunch of kids and. Uh, so many. They all connect. In they all kind way. of connect. So they the all... oldest daughter is dating the kid that pretends to be in the army because he wants to win this dance. The jitterbug contest. So he can buy a suit or something. Yeah. Go ahead. You pick it up from here. <laughs> I do remember. I do like the Slim Pickens one. There's one uh, character, Slim Pickens. Yeah. He plays Hollis Wood. Uh-huh. And <laughs> He's got a tree. In the tree deleted service. scenes, they, yeah. they show him cutting the trees. In the oh, tree. Like the Japanese were invading the coastline uh-huh. and they hid inside these trees these christmas trees christmas trees costumes. and he drove by and he cuts down christmas trees for a living so oh, he goes shit. out and he's like he's drunk he's so. drunk and he's trying to cut it and when he does the the japanese guy jumps up <laughs> <laughs> but he, then he gets to one where he pulls the axe back and it falls over he just oh, before he even hit <laughs> so they take him they snatch him up and they bring him into they the bring submarine. him back to the submarine uh-huh. and they take his radio because something had happened to their radio yeah and their and they, compass. And their compass. So it was on a submarine, so it's a Japanese and German team on the submarine doing recon. Christopher Lee plays a German yep. who's in cahoots with like, the Japanese. They like so the whole scene is like they, they try They want to know where Hollywood is. They want to know is. where Hollywood is because they want to like fuck up Hollywood or something. <laughs> but the so problem is, is his, his name, name is, is Hollis also Wood. Hollywood. Uh, so when they were like, where Hollywood? Here. Here. Uh, <laughs> no, gotcha. show on the map. Yeah. Uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, I mean, that scene, that whole thing was just awesome. So, when they crack a jackbox, so he, he ate the compass that they needed. So they gave him, they're pouring laxatives over his uh, mouth. Just waiting for him to shit the, the friggin' uh, compass out because they're so lost. But... In with that whole thing going on, you've got uh, Dan Aykroyd and Treat Williams. This is probably why it didn't do well because it's a mess of a movie. It, it is, but, but it's, it's awesome. So much fun. Man. <laughs> huh. So let me—I'll break down a couple of the little uh, kind of vignettes that are happening here. So with the military, who is Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Treat Williams, they deliver this huge anti-aircraft gun to Ned Beatty's house because he lives right on the coastline. And his job is, hey, if you see a, a Japanese plane, you see a uh, Japanese sub, yeah. you, they show them how to use it. You, just, yeah. you, you, you should, should in no yeah. way ever engage yeah. the lever. They, they, had to, they had to talk to him in a certain way because they can't like uh, advocate him using the gun, but they're saying if you have to use the gun, this is what you'll have to do. <laughs> right, right. And, so right. and you most through. certainly wouldn't load the bullets here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really funny, man. Really, Dan Aykroyd was so great in this uh, role. Oh, when he gets hit. Uh, so there's uh, also the during that same time great. you've got Robert Stack playing the general who's getting orders but then you have uh, in like a solo vignette you have uh, uh, John Bellucci who's like <laughs> this fighter pilot, pilot who's uh, he thinks crazy. thinks he shot down a plane. Uh, so he's in the air like for half the movie just shooting at stuff and then you've got another one where they put these two characters up in a Ferris wheel with rifles just oh, to shit. keep one of them out. had a ventriloquist doll. Yeah one of them was out I of his crazy. The movie. Yeah. I saw that on the, on on the trailer. trailer. That was nuts. And the other guy is the guy who plays the mayor in, the, in Jaws. A lot of Steven it was a regulars. great movie. It was a big movie. Yeah. That fight scene in the dance hall. Man, one of my must have scenes. been one of the most expensive scenes to to set up. One of the reasons a- I love this movie is because of the jitterbug yeah. contest that's in it, and it's a great. Uh, if you ever want to watch, if you like swing music, if you ever want to watch people do fantastic moves, in a, on they a must swing have made contest, that kid get. 
Yeah, Bobby Chico, because he's been on the stuff. He was in Philadelphia Experiment. He's been in a lot of different movies, too. But they must too. have made him oh, yeah, learn they, how to dance. They learned, oh. made him learn how to dance, because uh, <laughs> around this whole... Uh, <laughs> so around this whole war <laughs> thing <laughs> going on, around this entire war thing going on, you have a jitterbug contest uh, that... Bobby Chico is part of, and then Treat William gets involved with it, and then it breaks out into the street. So all the different vignettes kind of come in together during the uh, the jitterbug contest. Uh, one of the reasons I love the uh, the the record for it is the very first song on side two is that jitterbug contest thing. Uh, so it's just one of those many fun scenes to uh, to to jump to. But there's so many good scenes. Like uh, once they start shooting in the streets. Uh, and it all goes to hell, and they just—it's a baby wolf. <laughs> That's John Landis. That was John Landis oh, on, the, on the nice. uh, uh, on the on the motorcycle. So you've got uh, people crashing into the, the La Brea tar pits. You got people oh, crashing shit. into the main uh, drag there. Uh, basically, the, there was no invasion, but they were fucking up the whole city. The whole city was just fucking up. So panic, they were just fucking up each, the whole I thing don't think God. other than until the end the Japanese don't even launch anything and they don't even hit anything except yeah, for the Ferris wheel, for the Ferris wheel. <laughs> that's ah. the only thing they hit so it's, it's hilarious to watch it kind of uh, unfold and it, it is a mess of a movie but it is so much fun man we played it for our friend Jose one day and he was he awestruck loved it. he was like how do I not know about this movie this is one of the greatest <laughs> movies ever made ah. and I, there's several people I've introduced it to uh, and it, it gets a bad rap man that uh, Sp- Spielberg usually sets the bar high with his movies so when he hits one that's not quite critically acclaimed you know it kind of falls to the cracks and this was one of them man this was such a fantastic film hmm. uh, a lot of good actors a lot of good dancing a lot of good just funny stuff man really the, good the humor was the humor was spot on man I'd watch this movie every week it holds up <laughs> yeah. big time yeah really good so I'll find a copy I'll pick it up for you because it's one of those movies that you'll love instantly Hell and it yeah. stars half the people that you love yeah oh yeah no I'm yeah. definitely really cool. would love to watch it all right, so my number two is 1988. And I remember staying home from school, my cousin coming over, and us renting this movie on demand. You know, you paid five bucks and it showed up on the uh, cable bill yeah. like a month later. Yeah. Uh, you, and, you, uh, you would be like, I'll, I'll take the beat. Yeah, no, exactly. that's what it was. Yeah. I knew yeah. I was going to. Uh, I'll I get in up, trouble. I'll take yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't ask permission to rent this at all. We saw it and I was like, I was like, this just broke today and my cousins happened to be here. And we were huge wrestling fans at the time. 1988, hmm. wrestling was huge yeah, it wasn't, for us. Oh, it, it wasn't and uh so this movie was uh john carpenter's they live and it was a role that could have easily gone to like kurt russell but for some reason john carpenter thought out of the box and he thought why don't i put roddy roddy piper in this movie <laughs> and we thank him for it and yeah, absolutely yeah. man this was such a fun friggin movie that is has gandered a uh, uh, like a lot of these movies we're mentioning have cult followings now mm-hmm. but back in the day they really were movies that people were like is what movie is this i have no idea and still i find people that don't know what they live is have you seen they live i i don't think that i have but i know that i've seen a couple of roddy roddy piper's movies yeah this was this, the, this was the time. this was the roddy piper movie right. for sure too and so basically what's going on in this movie is roddy piper is a drifter and he ends up just coming across this uh, this group of people that are uh, that are just working, uh, doing labor jobs and stuff, and he just happens to see something weird is going on with this one church next door. He keeps seeing people go in and out of it, and he doesn't know what's happening. And he, he breaks into the church, and he uh, sees in one of the walls is boxes and boxes of sunglasses, and he can't figure out what the hell these sunglasses are for. Mm-hmm. And there's there's kind of like anarchy breaking out with the government on television. You see that something's happening, and there's a lot of... Uh, 
uh, military presence in the streets and everything. They were like and, freedom fighters. Right? Yeah, they were like freedom fighters, uh, sort of. And then uh, Roddy Piper <clears throat> picks up one of these uh, boxes of sunglasses and kind of runs away from the house. And he loses the sun the box of sunglasses, but finds like one pair. And he puts them on. And he's walking in the street, and he suddenly realizes when he puts them on, he can see in black and white. But that's not the only thing that he can yeah. see. All the billboards are saying things like subliminal. It's, it's say, saying subliminal messages. Well, he'll take it off and it will look like just like a, a regular ad for like a restaurant. But when he puts it on, it will say it will say just like a single word like obey, or it oh, will wow. say eat more, read more, buy this, buy that. Oh wow! And he's like, what the hell is going on here? And he keeps taking the glasses on and off, and then. Then he's at a newsstand. And he's looking. It's the same with magazines. They're like one words written on it and everything. Huh. And he hears someone talking. He turns, and he's looking straight at like this creepy, creepy looking alien with very distinct eyes and uh-huh. faces. The technology they did was actually pretty. Cool. It was really cool how they made then. these uh, aliens look, huh. and it made him even look creepier that they you only saw him in black and white for the majority of the mil- movie. And then he would take the glasses off, and the guy looked normal. He'd put them back on. Something creepy yeah. about hiding amongst us. The theme of hiding emotions. Yeah. yeah. And then so he's walking through the grocery store and he's seeing one walking with a normal person and they see one walking by herself and everything. And he's all of a sudden one of the women realizes what's going on and she clicks something on her wristwatch and she's like, we got somebody here that can see. Uh, and then you realize, holy shit, they're all among us and you cannot mm-hmm. see them unless you wear the sunglasses. Oh, wow. So then he goes and he ends up getting in with the, uh, well, first he meets up with his buddy who's played by uh, the great uh, Keith David, who's and they have a, they have a talk- tussle in the- Oh, man. And he's, if you don't know Keith David, he's from the, he's the black guy from Men at Work that we talked about a lot in a right. couple pods ago. Eat another man's prize. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, one of the most famous scenes in the movie, and I swear, was just to work in some wrestling moves by Roddy Piper. You know, you got, you got oh, Piper, sure, you yeah. got to do a physical yeah. scene. There's this intense uh, fight scene done in the alleys between Keith David and Roddy Piper. So much so. So much so that they, and a lot of people don't even know this. Uh, if you watch South Park, the the cripple fight episode where Timmy and uh, what was the other Timmy. kid? What was the other kid? Jimmy. Jimmy, Kim, yeah. Timmy and Jimmy fight Jimmy. each other in the alley. It's almost a shot for shot. If you go online, you can see a split screen. Oh, wow. Of them doing oh, it. Yeah. And they uh, they completely copy the scene from Talk They about Live. about when Matt Stone and Trey Parker get it right every oh, once in a while. Oh, yeah. And this is a random pull for them that you don't even have to be into it. So many people love that episode and they have no clue that it has to do with anything with right. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I, so I much no That's idea. cool that they, it's like that it isn't for it's you. It's the ultimate right. deep cut. It really is. <laughs> yeah. So basically in that scene, he, all he wants keith david to do is put on the sunglasses and he refuses to do it and he's like no i'm not gonna put the sunglasses on he says put the sunglasses on he won't do it and finally he just beats him down so much that he forcefully puts him down on his face and drags him to the end of the street yeah and he sees all of them and he was like holy shit yeah and i told uh, you i didn't want to do that yeah yeah. (laughs) well then they become part of like this underground uh group which is uh give the line it's what's that the famous line uh, from from they live. What's the famous line? I came here. Oh yeah, yeah. He made that line up too <laughs> Did he? on the spot. Nice. Oh, really? There's a great line where uh, Roddy Piper goes in. He, to the bank. Uh, he goes into the bank with a shotgun, and this is where he's deciding he's just going to start taking out some of the aliens with a shotgun. Yeah. So he walks in and just he's very solemn, and everyone stops 
uh, doing their transactions every look at, and they look at him. He says, "I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum." Yeah, <laughs> and, then he just starts, and he just starts shooting the aliens. And he delivers it. He's just like, it's such a cheesy line, but he yeah. nails it. It's yeah, funny. but he has so That's many great scary. lines. Like when the drone comes outside, this is way before its time. Where a drone comes outside and he sees him, and he looks up and he says, "Daddy don't like tattletales," and he just shoots him out of the sky. <laughs> but he realizes in the bank that uh, they have the power to. Uh, transport themselves. They move something on the watch and they can just disappear. Oh, wow. And then later on in the movie, uh, later on the movie, they don't even need the glasses. He gets contact lenses and they can see it and everything, but they become like freedom fighters when they're trying to take over the aliens. Uh, and I don't know if this is one that I could, should, uh, ruin the ending because it has such a great fucking ending. Ruin it. <laughs> oh man, it's got <laughs> such a great ending to it. <clears throat> so they end up going to, uh, to the alien ship at some point and they sh- show where they're using the teleporters and everything. It's very interesting. Uh-huh. It's not their ship. It's like the, uh, they're held up in a radio uh, station mm-hmm. and they realize that they're sending a signal out to block their images and everything. So if uh, Roddy Piper can just get to the roof and destroy the signal, everyone will be able to see the aliens. Right. So what happens, and this is this is one of those movies I love because it's one of those movies all the main characters die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Roddy Piper is up there with the gun, and he's literally pointing it at the... Uh, um, at the thing, and I forgot to mention Meg Forster, who's got those creepy, creepy eyes, man. She was from Relentless, and she was from uh, Leviathan. Uh, really good. I've seen her lately. She still has those creepy eyes. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't ask She, she ends up uh, yeah. shooting him. So Roddy Piper gets off the shot and destroys the, uh, the the feed that goes out right before he dies. And so they then they do a series of like three or four quick shots right before the credits end of people <laughs> seeing the aliens. Mm-hmm. And they the one of the... Uh, there's a great one where they're at a uh, a newscaster station, and one of them one of them is like a newscaster, newscaster yeah. and then they show a bar, and one of them is a patron at the bar who's just sitting there, and everyone's staring at him, and you can see that he's an alien. Yeah. But then the last scene, it's one of the best scenes. You've got this girl with really big boobs is riding this guy during sex, like a completely nude scene, <laughs> and then she all of a sudden looks down and stops, and you see what she's sitting on top of is an alien, and he says, "Why'd you stop, baby?" And then boom, credits end. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Such a <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic. Not only a fantastic John Carpenter movie with kick-ass John Carpenter music, which is always great for me. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Big Trouble and uh, and Escape from New York are two of my favorites, and they have that same type of great um, music to it, too. Uh, it's like droney and so great, man. and pulsy. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, if you haven't seen They Live, it's a, it's definitely become a cult following uh, as of late. Hopefully it won't be one they uh, try to uh, remake. They're going to. Since, especially since Roddy's gone now. And uh, he, I would have loved to have seen him. Did he die? Uh, oh, yeah, Roddy's gone. Oh, man. I didn't know He that. died like five years ago, man. No shit. Well, maybe it was like three years ago. Yeah, I know super Hacksaw, sad, man. I know Hacksaw Jim Duggan they're all, died. They're like, all dropping, man. Oh, they're all dropping. Sad. They put their bodies through hell, I'm man. they lived as long as they I was a huge wrestling fan back in the day. I got out of it. I was telling Justin recently because I have I have like those old 1980s <coughs> rings with all the rubber figures in awesome. it, like, and I have the, the Iron 90s Sheik ones in the junkyard dog. Yeah, yeah. all back then. And, oh, um, I was huge. Beware. Man. Coco Beware. Beware. And, and even up Jimmy. Yeah, even up to like when. Snooker, uh, snooker, yeah. they, remember they had the cartoon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, but even beyond that, I liked I liked when uh, you know we like, it was Grave Digger. I didn't like. Was it Grave Digger? Under, Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah, Undertaker. I like the Undertaker. Not all about uh, Ultimate that's about Warrior. Where I stopped yep. even caring. About. I stopped around WrestleMania ten, and I think they're on like. You were way now. into it more than I was, but I've always watched the those um, WrestleManias. The pay per views are great. The first Royal Rumbles were great. Royal Rumbles were the best too, man. They were expensive too. They were like back in like well now it's they were like 
90 bucks. Well, now if you have the uh, the monthly thing, it's just included. What and was the name? You pay $15 a month to get the WWF network, and you get all of the pay-per-views just free. Oh, nice. Yeah. What was the name of the tag team guys that were like rednecks? The Hacksaw. Oh, oh, yeah, Bushwhackers. 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 Bob, yeah. Bo and Luke. Yeah, those guys are great. <laughs> yeah, up until a certain point, I could tell you everything about Bushwhackers. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, oh, yeah. but uh, once it started getting a little further, I, I, I tried to watch some of the recent stuff, and I was like, nah, it's just too polished now, man. I, yeah. I liked it back in the day when it was goofy and cheesy. Yeah. And, and you Me need to have Gene that. would have to get in between. Oh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. And, uh, oh, yeah. They had all he the died, side He kicks. died uh, like uh, last Mouth year. Mouth of the South. Yeah. What was that guy's name? Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Mouth of the Jimmy South. Hart, yeah. Hart Foundation. Jimmy the Anvil Knife Hart. And, yeah, I saw. Uh, Brett the Hitman uh, Hart. I saw Earthquake and Hulk Hogan here at the O-Dome yep. in a stretcher match. I've met several of them awesome. at matches before. I met, uh, I met Diesel and Owen Hart before he died. We met Brett Hart. Uh, I met uh, Ted DiBiase at uh, Con once, uh, oh, wow. so I've met a bunch of them. Uh, my cousins met Ric Flair uh, several Woo! times. Yeah, <laughs> got sent several autographs from him. He's met a whole bunch of them up, uh, up north too. So everyone up north is obsessed with friggin' uh, wrestling. Still, they yeah. love the old toys and everything. They're worth money, man. Big money. I bet. All right, so yeah, they live. My number two. Let's work our way one more time for our number ones. These are gonna be good. Okay. At least my am. I'm, I, I can't speak for the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What you got? Gosh, just give me a second. Oh, my God. There is number so, I agree 100% with his number one. I've only heard one word. <laughs> so, my number one guilty pleasure movie, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Me and my wife love this movie. Dude, this movie, and I said, I've said this recently, and it's still in my DVD player, in my truck, right now. It just, it just stays in there. I love it. I've never seen it. I, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to take it out of the truck and give it to you. <laughs> you should I, watch it, man, because yeah. it is really funny. Quotable as hell. Like yeah. me and Justin I, could spend. The I next feel half like hour I've seen it. the movie because of all the quotes. Yeah. Maybe. And you know what? It isn't. I've not. It's not because I don't like that kind of humor. Yeah. It just never came up that I had a chance to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, and it's 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 not about anything. It's just about these kids it's, that live. Yeah. It's just a spot in. A, it's like a snapshot in time in this one Midwest town. Yeah. Of weird people. Yeah. And I mean. Like, it's so hard to even describe. I mean, it's this kid, Napoleon Dynamite. They're like the Trailer Park Boys. Remember that show? No, I mean... Was it just kind of... You just just looked at their life? They didn't do anything particularly interesting? No, they didn't. But it was just... Yeah, I, I mean, like... So it's just about a weird kid going through high school and during the prom and uh, just the weird circle of friends that he had. He was pretty dorky. Yeah. And his... Uh, was yeah, he John the ice Heater, skating? Man. Was he in the ice skating yeah. one? With yeah, Will, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blades of Glory. I have yeah. seen that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> John Heater's funny, man. So he has his brother, Kip, who... Uh, their grandmother gets hurt, and she's in the hospital, and so their Uncle Rico... <laughs> she, how'd she get hurt? <laughs> she, she was driving four-wheelers out Four-wheelers the in the desert. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with, uh, with her boyfriend and her sister. Make yourself a damn quesadilla. Yeah. <laughs> I say that all the time. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I quote Kip a lot during this, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I'm telling you... That's what I'm talking I'm gonna about. Write, <laughs> I'm going to write a movie, and uh, I'm going to call it Kip Dynamite. Kip for, Dynamite. 2025. Well, shit, they need to do that themselves, man. I do. Those I'm guys could you. easily come write back for them. Him, him and LaFonda living in Detroit, huh. like, in 2025. <laughs> when like, he, when his, like, you got to see Kip go through this personality change halfway through the movie. Yeah. Uh, where he's, like... Kip uh, is the main star? No, no uh, Napoleon's the main guy. Okay. Kip is his brother, yeah. and they're both weird in their own kind of way. And then Kip meets this girl online, who's this like really kind of funny black lady that comes to town. And he, he became uh, Kip 
instantly becomes gangster and he's wearing like uh like um, powder blue like do rags yeah. and, and chains, chains and everything and stuff like that he's like napoleon you're just not as cool as us anymore man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's and like, he got his uncle rico yeah lafont is definitely my soulmate like, <laughs> Yeah, um, and Uncle Rico, like, he just wants to... John Grease to, from Fright Night 2, man. There you go. He he just wants to go back in time to, like, high school and Very play on the football team again. Al Bundy-like. Yeah, and because he knows he would have won state. But, like, he's, he's a horrible football player yeah like, and he just sells he video- Tupper- tupperware to like the door to door door to door yeah and really they worked all these scenes in so you could see the weird people that lived in town what did they say what city it was it was in Detroit? Oh, man i don't even know man midwest i'm not even sure it's definitely midwest definitely yeah. midwest and uh and pedro and pedro man you gotta yeah you pedro. i have seen pedro. t-shirts with people that says pedro for president both for pedro so because he was running well, for like school. most schools and kids you know the one weird kid kind of gravitates to the other weird kid right so pedro has no friends napoleon has no friends so they kind of get this kind of click together and, and napoleon's always lying like when they first meet He's like, yeah, there's like a buttload of gangs that want me to join at the school <laughs> because I'm pretty good with a bow staff. Yeah. Like, you know, but it's just complete bullshit. Like, this was it's Zach's. Like, this was one of Zach's favorite uh, movies. So fun. People that love this movie yeah. love it, but oh, people yeah. that hate it, hate it. Do the so. chickens have large talents? Like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a liger. It's yeah. really, the, it's really the, the greatest animal ever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> half lion, half tiger. Yeah. You know, um, it's <laughs> oh just so God, there's man. so many like quotable things. Yeah, and my my wife, I love that my my wife doesn't like a lot of movies, but she likes weird, quirky movies, and I love that she loves this. It's almost like the entire movie is just an inside joke. It is. It's funny because I think my wife likes this movie too. I I really don't have an excuse for not having seen it. Yeah, well, that's now weird. You're really out because I'm seriously gonna go get it from the truck. <laughs> you leave it here. I'll watch it before, uh, next pod, and then yeah. I'll tell you what I think. There yeah. you go. It's, yeah. But I do like. I, I mean, I do like some of that kind of movies. It's weird. My wife still wants me and her to memorize the uh, Napoleon Dynamite dance so we can pull it out someday. Uh, did you ever see, you ever yeah. see uh, and this was a... That'd be so awesome. Yeah, it was <laughs> more of a documentary. of the party if you <laughs> yeah. did that. Yeah. It was more than a, a documentary than a movie, but did you ever see Vernon, Florida? No. There's a documentary about this town called Vernon, mm. and it's literally... It's just a bunch of weird people. Yeah. One I mean, guy what, farms worms. Yeah. And he yep. talks passionately about that. Someone else talks passionately about This would be that about movie killing these guys like raccoons, funny. I think. So, or so there's this mm-hmm. scene right before the grandmother gets hurt, and she's like, you know, it's dang quesadilla. He's like, yeah. well, what is there to eat? And she's like, dang it, Napoleon, make yourself a darn quesadilla. Well, then she's like, I got Lyle bringing some steaks over later on, you know? <laughs> and so, like, she goes and walks out the door, um, and. They cut to Lyle in the field with a double barrel shotgun and he's pointing it towards this cow and he's just about to shoot the cow, you know. Right as he shoots <laughs> yeah. it, a fucking school bus passes by with all these little kids and you just hear, Bow! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's just one funny yeah, scene after like, one funny and scene. That, yeah, and that's like the whole movie. It's so. And good. Pedro's got sounds just that's like. not how you kill a cow. Pedro sounds <laughs> just like Speedy Gonzalez. I mean, he is really just like that stereotypical kind of uh, borderline racist uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Spanish voice, but he's just so funny opposite uh, Napoleon. Yeah. When yeah. they're uh, or when he's trying to do the jumps uh, on the uh, ramp, and he no, just that's gets, gets himself hurt. Zach would pegs, shocks, lucky. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you know, you ever take that thing off any sweet jumps? 
I knew like three feet air that time. I certainly knew people like Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah, my buddy Slim was to him to a T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slim, what are you going to do today? Whatever the hell I feel like I'm going to do. Gosh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's If you liked, like, Beavis and Butthead, but almost even more King of the Hill. It's very King of the Hill, you yeah. know? And, but if you liked, uh, there's even, like, some quirkiness that were in that was in uh, Little Miss Sunshine mm-hmm. that kind of carries over to yeah. the, that type of style. Right. Really fun, man. Yeah. Great, great. We great, could continue great. talking about this forever, but we'll, we'll go on to Dave's number one. I know I'm sure one. we'll come back to the I just Napoleon. think about Life Aquatic was one. That was also oh, weird. One. All Wes, Wes Anderson is like that. that. Uh, if you like one Kingdom. Wes Anderson movie, like I'll tell you what, Rushmore. that Moonlight Kingdom, was good. Yep. Moonlight Kingdom, yeah, didn't get. Did you see that movie? Uh, yeah, the, was, with the kids. Was it Moonlight? Was it Moonlight? Moon Knight? No, maybe it was Moonlight. Moonlight was the big one from last year. This is the kids. This was the kids in Boy, Boy Scouts. And Ed, with Ed Norton. Norton. Yeah, Ed Norton was in it. And it was just a sweet movie, but it was really yeah, it was fun. a bunch of quirky people. In oh, it. with uh, Adam Sandler and Alec like, Baldwin. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, SN, the SNL skin. Yeah, yeah. It was Canteen Boy. <laughs> well, why don't you come sit next to me, Canteen Boy? Wow, you got pretty big muscles there, Canteen Boy. <laughs> Grand Budapest Motel was the other one. That yeah, yeah, was that was oh, in the, the Darjeeling or whatever, the Limited. Dar, yeah, Darjeeling Limited. Or Bottle yeah. Rocket, which was their first one. Right. Anyways, go going off the real. Yeah. None of those movies was names <laughs> I. Uh, tremors yes nice <laughs> woohoo <laughs> and Alan it's funny Earl. too because like if I used to tell people this was my favorite movie when I'd be out that's my favorite I have like I gotta go home and watch Tremors like, yeah. what are you doing I'm going home hey, and watch Tremors my favorite movie is Big Trouble in Little China so no, I'm never gonna knock if your favorite movie is Tremors every just, single time that it came on TV I watched <clears throat> yep. it every time we, we waited one goddamn day too long oh. yeah <laughs> so give us the give us the premise man let's say some stars in Graboids it. so it was, Graboids. it was Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon they are in this dusty town called Paradise I think was the name of the yeah, town I think so <laughs> Egg Shen Egg was, Chen. Egg was Chen. running the general store. Um, the guy from Growing Pains, Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre, were, uh, lived in one the of town. the best casting of a yeah, married, of a couple, married ever. couple. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> God, man. But With Fred Ward and and, and uh, Kevin Bacon, they're like handymen, handymen, and they just they just want to earn beer money, beer money, really. and gas money, and, yeah. and they live in a trail. It's all it's a dusty movie. And they're constantly it's, talking about how to. I'm going to get, get out of here. I'm going to get out of here right now. Yeah. I'll get in the truck and drive right out of here. <laughs> yeah. And like they kept telling <clears throat> each other. So they're doing their thing. They're planning on getting out. Um, all of a sudden, I, they sh- that great scene. They had must have done some good production because when that car got sucked up underground. Oh yeah. You knew there was something screwed up out there, but yeah. you didn't know what it was. Yeah. You yeah, knew something was, was under so cool. You knew something was under the ground. Yeah. yeah. It took a while for them to get to what it was. Yeah. Because the great scene with the jackhammer. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, jackhammer I the saw road the crew. This. It was very quite and then it stops and it spun around and then woof, yep, went maybe. back underground. They, they had to build them. several applications to make this movie. I saw the making of it. It was, oh, it was very yeah. interesting. Oh, wow. So they finally decided to get out of town and like Remember they saw the guy up on the tower. They saw the guy up in the tower, Edgar. Yeah, yeah Edgar. Yeah. <laughs> he had like his Winchester yep. sitting in the tower and he he had dehydrated. Yeah, yeah. no, they like realized later on when they had to climb up that that's what had to happen. He yeah. fucking climbed up there and couldn't get down. So so they start getting involved. The thing attacks their truck. Yep. Remember they bring it back. Yeah, He's trying to sell it to them. Yeah. No, it was on the axle. Yeah, they sell the tag shine. Yeah. 
And Next Gen was uh, was charging to get pictures, pictures with, it. with it. Yeah, and that little kid, that little Marvin, kid. Bobby, oh. Marvin, 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 oh. Marvin, want to make a buck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember he was dribbling the basketball. Yeah. All yeah. Of a sudden it was just or the or the girl, girl on the pogo the stick. Pogo yeah, stick. I think it was Sally or something. Yeah, that was in. But yeah, then you, they meet the they meet the girl. My favorite scene in that whole movie, Rhonda, is when yep. they're on the rocks. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Trying absolutely. to figure out how to get on the. Yeah. Rocks because what ha- what's going on really is you realize there's, uh, there's, there's a monster under the ground. Plain there's, simple. There, well, there's at like first, it looks like them. snakes. You yeah. know, there looks like there's little snakes under uh-huh. the thing <laughs> that come up and grab you and then pull you under. And then, for after a while, you realize that those are actually tongues yeah. of a bigger creature, huge, huge, <laughs> massive creature that's under the ground, and uh, the vibration on the top of the ground is what's attracting it. So they they realize you can't walk on the normal surface when you're around it. So they go into the scene that you like on the boulders. They were like pole vaulting from boulder to yeah. boulder, yeah, which was right. cool. Was, yeah. And I mean, but the whole time they're joking back and forth. Ward yeah. and Kevin Bacon. Oh, it's a awesome fun, fun yeah. movie. It's a fun movie. Oh, yeah. I love when they go fishing with the pipe bombs. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. see, fishing for anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, the uh, the great thing is uh, is Michael Gross and uh, Rio oh, Mac. They have like a they're yeah. like end of the world end of the world of arsenal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> elephant gun. At one point, they were just doing clips of them pulling different guns off. Oh, the wow. magazine. Yeah. <laughs> well, it attacked their house. And I know, were, but you never saw. Had one of the best lines. I mean, you attacked the wrong goddamn rec room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Called that shit a rec room. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It Man. didn't even flinch when you shot the elephant gun at yeah. it. <laughs> so there was a lot of great scenes where they were on top of the buildings, you know, and they they, rocked and they were on different building. buildings. One of them yeah. was on like a smaller building and you realize they got to get further up and uh, then they found out little tricks to get away. Remember, they would run the water yep. and that would allow them time. And they realized there was three of them they at, used at the different tractor. times. They used the tractor. Yeah. To pull the dumpster. The, the but at, uh, yeah, the uh, at one point they had to... Get them all in this kind of uh, uh, kind of thing that they were pulling behind them that they was couldn't. They couldn't. Bulldozer drink. pulling like a metal trailer. Yeah, metal trailer. Yeah, yeah. And they they brought it over to uh, Rhea Perlman and Michael Gross's house, and that's when they had the firefight. But then they filled that whole thing with all the weapons and the right. homemade bombs. Remember, yeah. they were like, "What's in this? Just the right proportion of uh, household chemicals." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was pretty ingenious how they got how they got rid of it. Yeah. And they would uh, uh, at what time when they were using at the, the end when they using the bombs yeah yeah like driving it towards the cliff yeah, yeah once they realized right. that uh, and that was at the that was like a last minute thing when they were improvising they ran, they were running out yeah. of those bombs yeah. yep and they realized that they had to kind of throw it at one place and then it would draw them <laughs> off to another and then they at the end they just threw them right off that cliff man yeah. Yep. One of the nastiest little splats when it hit that yeah. uh, hit the <laughs> concrete. Yeah. But this is a movie that spawned like six sequels, man. I've seen and most I think of Michael them. Gross was in all of them. He oh, was yeah, the no, only he, one yeah. that kind of kept going on yeah. and on and on to him. I almost want to see and some scenes with I, him in it. There I, were the good, other ones. The, the second one had I, some. It's funny. Decent it's, it's scenes. Much as it. I love this movie, it didn't have Kevin Bacon or Fred Ward. No. And so it was kind of yeah, like yeah. 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 No, I've they made. I was a big Fred Ward fan. Yeah. Fremo Williams. Yeah. I yeah. saw two. No, I didn't see anything after that. Yeah, I've seen the one where he has to go down to Mexico because they're down there. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, I know the second one. They had legs. They they could get out. They had well, ones that's that they right. had and legs. they could fly. Or yeah, something. Well, I, that, that might have been the third one. Yeah, I, I think, think that was the because third they kept one. increasing it a little bit. Uh, yeah, more and more. <laughs> yeah, that's what you yeah, they do. would like the when you're writing Tremors six. Yeah, yeah. You got to go. Oh man, it has a following to it. But man, that first one when it came out, I remember when we when I first saw it in Port Charlotte. I remember finding it at the video store. And the woman behind the thing saying, this is my favorite movie. And this just came up, but it's my favorite movie of That's all time. That's a good yeah. point you make. When we used to go to the 
video store covers were important oh, oh yeah big time man. we that probably watched cover. a bunch of good remember that with the yeah. big thing oh yeah up underneath oh yeah you thought it was gonna be a straight up horror movie. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it had a sure. lot i'm glad comedy. that it had the comedy but yeah the comedy but yeah it, it was, wasn't a straight up it had a great movie. cover to and it shen yeah. got it in the back when he was trying oh, yeah. to pull the got freezer egg. out yeah like, ah! yeah uh, totally got egg jen he didn't deserve that no man all right so my number one. This was goes back to that uh, that HBO movie channel type thing, man, where we watched this movie constantly growing up. And this was 1982s, and there was a lot of stuff that scared me about this movie, but I gravitated right back to it. That I wouldn't, even though there was like two or three scenes that I had a hard problem watching, because I probably watched this when I was like six or seven. Hmm. Uh, no, I was probably seven or eight uh, around the time it came out. And this was uh, the Beastmaster. Oh God, yeah. Beastmaster was so we important watched to this me a growing lot up. Together, lot. Man, it was one of our go-tos, but there were several scenes, like the scenes with the bats used to give me problems. I remember oh. closing my eyes and you telling me when it was over. Oh, yeah. I do remember or, that. Or then when they put the things in the guy's ears, the, which which goes back to that thing that always gave me a pr- problem over the years was uh, transforming into things oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or losing your identity. Remember, they were making those brainless guards the, and they were putting them, the thing in. There was one scene that bothered me the most is when uh, Rip Torn... Yeah, with the priest. Oh the yeah, high priest was like talking to Mark Singer's character, or no, not John Amos, or the the Zed, the the, the king. He just he looks at his priests, yeah. and then they had these they had these chains that had like a a ball on the end of it with spikes, mm-hmm. and it was like on a pull chain. Yeah, and they threw them up. And they just hung themselves, they hung right themselves in front of him on his command. Very similar to like uh, James Earl Jones and like the Conan the Barbarian. He like snaps his fingers and they like ceremonial kill themselves yeah. like right in front of uh, the king. Yeah. But it had some difficult scenes at the beginning for a kid to remember. Uh, he told uh, Rip Torn, who played this evil uh, kind of took the kids uh, into the, He was like throwing kids into the yeah. He was sacrificing little temple. children into the Jesus. temple. So he was like this fanatic. But he uh, he told the. Uh, uh, he was looking for the unborn, uh, this famous unborn child that was going to be born, uh, and uh, he needed to sacrifice him. That's why he was killing all his children, because he didn't know who the unborn child was, and, and then he knew at some point that the child was born. But remember, he told uh, the king that it was your child. He says, the unborn child is yours. Huh, remember? That's right. And then uh, <clears throat> at night, the, the one of the witches, the witches snuck in and with a cow, remember, in oh. like incapacitated the king and his wife by pouring something on their throats. It looked like and, metal. It yeah, sit right it was like a glowing blue liquid that would sit on their throat and incapacitate them and they literally they stole the baby. They took the baby uh, they laid their hands the witch laid their hands on the uh, on the pregnant mother's belly mm-hmm. and you could see her belly going down and the, and the belly of the cows belly. going up. Oh, so he God, literally transferred crazy. the baby into the cow and then the very next scene is them cutting the baby out of the cow. Wow. And uh, then when, a traveler and then they're like about coming to, by. Yeah, and then they're they about to sacrifice the, the they're about to sacrifice the child and this like unknown kind of guy just happens to see it and stops her from killing it, takes the baby and uh, raises it on his own. Huh. And that baby turns into the Beastmaster. Gotcha. And the Beastmaster was Mark Singer, who you might know from uh, from huge blockbusters like V. And that might be it. Uh, <laughs> my favorite, and this is why we got them, ferrets. Ferrets, yep. We owned a bunch of ferrets at the time. So oh, yeah. Mark Singer had the, the, the ability to speak to animals. He right. And he controlled. Well, I'll yeah, tell them lion. there was a... Uh, there I was a, the hawk and the lion. Before we get into that, there's, a, there's this vicious, like... Uh, 
group that's killing everyone in the area called the Juns, and they slaughter the Beastmaster's entire like village. Kills everyone except for him. Hmm. He wakes up, and uh, he's immediately kind of visited by this uh, black eagle. So he's got a black eagle that he can speak to. He's got a black tiger. He gets his sight when he flies yeah. up. He can see. He can see like drone style. He can yeah, see above yeah. awesome. the original drone. Yeah. Yeah, and, right. yeah. And then the tiger, which is a regular tiger that they spray painted black oh my <laughs> for the God, movie. That's yeah, nuts. really. It's crazy. I remember yeah. him rescuing him out of the pit. He just kicked the log in there. And the yep. And so out. now he's following him. But then he, fi- he, uh, he, he finds these two ferrets because he falls in the clips quicksand and two ferrets save his life uh, <laughs> and uh, break down a branch and chew through the out. branch and so now he's awesome. got his, his ferrets are his thieves he will put them out and they will steal ah, things that's awesome. what's the best thing that he had them steal in this movie oh Dave? the woman's top Tanya Roberts Tanya yeah. Roberts who played <laughs> full uh, new, full, not full frontal but nope yeah, well yeah full top scene she, she did a topless scene topless scene that, that was, was uh, right out of like here to eternity she like walked out of this yeah like this uh-huh. lagoon yep when she was bathing in the sun. And he had the ferret, he had steal, the ferret her steal her top. <laughs> <laughs> that's and awesome. she becomes an intricate part of the story. Well, that's Tanya she's Roberts. A slave girl. Tanya Roberts, who later becomes a Bond girl in View to a Kill, and yep. she's Midge Layered. from that 70s show. She's the neighbor. That's Tanya Roberts, who played this. And oh, she was yeah. uh, really young, super gorgeous in this movie. And uh, so she's connected uh, because her father uh, is the king. Uh, not... Uh, her, no, her uncle is the uh, the blind king that was killed at the beginning who had his baby taken out of him. And that's who they're trying to get to. Remember that he runs into John Amos yep. and another kid who's also uh, related to the king. You don't realize that the Beastmaster is also related to the king, the Beastmaster. So he's kind of got this romantic thing going on well, with his cousin. cousin. <laughs> but he doesn't realize yeah, it. Yeah, but it's the Middle Ages. Yeah. 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 That go. But there's so, <laughs> there so many fun scenes like when he comes across the bats, which is a random scene, but he uses these bat creatures to save their it life at creepy. the end of the movie. Very creepy. They like put their bat wings around you and dissolved yeah, your they would, bones ugh. in you like would, ten seconds. And, yeah, your bones and like goo would fall out of the uh, ground. Oh, but he he helps them at some point and gives them a medallion that uh, that they uh, they needed. No, they were gonna kill him, but then the bird landed on his shoulder. Yeah, and, and they, they that you they were kind of like they bird, worship, worship bird. birds, and huh. so they respected him hardcore at that point. Yeah, I just remember walking with his sword up. Remember between yeah. him and that one scene trying to get out of there? But they gave them the medallion, remember, because he had the bird bring the medallion back to them later on to let the bird, let those bat creatures know that he needed their help. That's right. And then they showed up at the very end when I'm all, was, all was lost. Yeah, I've right? probably seen this movie three oh, times. So good, man. It had some really touching or some sad scenes, like one of the uh, ferrets jumped into the fire to yeah, save his life save. at the end. Oh, uh, shit. But then at the very end, you saw that the one ba- they had, baby they had babies and everything, and it was it was cool. But oh, it had, nice. it had almost awesome. everything you wanted as a kid in this yeah movie. there was there was action sequence there was mm. fantasy there was nudity there was and it was mild nudity it was just boobs it wasn't sex and i don't think right. our parents uh, realized it was nudity in this one yeah and we didn't mention it because <laughs> well, we stopped mentioning after a certain time yeah, yeah. that they would take the movie from yeah, you. So right. like, don't say shit about nothing yeah <laughs> and keep your mouth shut yeah, yeah. and uh, i don't know i haven't seen it <laughs> and this was directed by the great don casari uh con con damn i can never say his name man uh if you're listening con, we're sorry consularily that might be close. Consigliere. Uh, no, that's, that's <laughs> something else. But uh, he also did uh, all the Phantasm movies, one through four. He did Bubba Hotep, which I love Bubba, Bubba Hotep. Hotep. Bubba was... Hotep could have totally been on this list. <laughs> you know what scene disturbs me? When the nurse Sucking the souls m- from the asses? No. Oh, oh she's... Uh, massaging the... The, the wart the on his dick? Warty on, oh, oh, do you know God. what Bubba Hotep is? I... I 
Uh, he thinks he's Elvis and Ozzy Smith thinks, thinks he's, he's Kennedy. Jen, Jen FK. <laughs> and they're in a nursing home and they find out this mummy's stealing the life essence from these old people. Right, yeah. But he sucks it from their ass. From their ass. Oh, and so God. they have to come together some, and like defeat the evil. But they're super old. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, man. Uh, but he, he's done some great stuff. But me, me, for me, Beastmaster was always my favorite, favorite uh, movie he did and it was super fun, man. Mm. Super fun. Yeah, you I gotta check that one out. Uh, it's really, Definitely really defined our childhood yeah. movies if mm-hmm. I had to make If you like those old movies like Conan the Barbarian it was right there with I, it too, and that's man. the thing is I remember seeing it like yeah, I know I'm sure you've did, seen it but yeah. it's been so long and it spawned a horrible sequel horrible. see and I, I wonder if that's the one that where I'm... it takes it into modern there's yes. like there's like a yes yeah. that's, see, I and they kept... travel through time into the modern age and it's, it's almost unwatchable it's like through Ooh, another dimension great. yeah it's, it's almost like he could have just sent him on another adventure with yeah. his ferret and, his... It, and it wasn't him it wasn't Mark Singer oh, it wasn't Mark and it was it was bad see I think I only saw that one you need to watch and I think it was bad and I think that's why I don't even yeah, remember yeah, yeah. it was you really know? bad but it had some fun stuff in it man I watched it the other day and I, it's one of those movies I go back and watch like once a year but yeah that's our number one man like I said earlier man we could have so many different uh, oh, movies on this this yeah. could have been 10 different it, this might yeah. be the like go to if we have guests that aren't uh, don't have a particular subject that they're a fan of that just have do a guilty pleasure pod man, sure. because you can pull it from anywhere yeah. really you could do a, you could do one specific to horror movies or dramas and action maybe that we will did, be we a have thing. to have Weisberg on for uh, guilty pleasure horror oh, movies oh yeah man he's but probably he, got some gems oh he's got some gems him. I got some stuff I can I'd talk about Chud all day long man <laughs> <laughs> some great ones all right, so that's uh, that'll be it for this time. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, I don't think I mentioned it last time. Our last pod, I don't think I mentioned any of the uh, oh, really? the Facebook pages. It's the you only guys, time I missed one. You knocked it out of the park so good, yeah, you yeah. just dropped the mic. I just like <laughs> boom, I'm out. <laughs> 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 you know, I had so, we had something to do. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, well, you can find us on Facebook, or you can find we got on Twitter. You can find us at at Dupree Podcast, or you can email us at uh, fascinatingwayfilms at gmail dot com. Find Justin Fisher. Yep. Uh, and uh yeah that'll be good until next time next time i think we're gonna have uh damn i don't know what we're gonna do we'll keep it a surprise but it'll be i'm uh, riveted yeah i can't wait (laughs) it'll be a great one i I always look forward to what the next text is gonna be yeah we text them in the middle of the week and we're like boom this is what it is start (laughs) coming up your list (laughs) so it'll be something cool i've got a couple kind of written down so all right until next time see you yep peace (laughs) 